brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 83. Let's roll. And this is basically part two of our AFC NFC preview heading in to the NFL draft and kind of what you should be thinking about uh, kind of on a team by team basis before the draft. There can be a lot of things that can change very quickly. Some things that don't change. Michael P. Duncan back in the house for episode two of our AFC NFC preview. Michael P. Duncan. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Taking a break on this uh, wonderful Easter day from watching uh, USFL football. Yes. Um, to, uh, yeah, get this uh, the second half of this pod done. And uh, I'm excited to talk about the other 16 teams in the NFL. Yeah, the riveting quarterback uh, carousel with Paxton I think there might Lynch. be a controversy. Yeah, controversy between we start Paxton. with Shea Patterson. Yeah. He gets benched for... Uh, Paxton Lynch, who then gets benched for Shea Patterson. Yeah, Jeff Fisher is uh he's uh having a rough time in the. He's USFL playing chess start. while everybody else is playing checkers in that league. You know That's it. Fair point. Yep. He, hey, he's I, playing. I, the I'll matchup. be honest though. I'll be honest though. Uh, the fr- is today Saturday or Sunday? I guess the Saturday night game. Yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. It's Easter. Duh. Um, the Saturday night game was not bad at all. I mean, it hit the over, which was surprising on a day like on the first, you know, game of football these guys have played. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was actually not a bad game. I mean, the quarterbacks didn't look half bad and, um, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. This game is significantly worse. The first game on Sunday, but I'm intrigued to see what the other games have in store. Yeah. Jeff Fisher going back and forth from Shea Patterson to Paxton Lynch is really the content that the people are here for today. Michael P. Duncan, there's almost no doubt about that. I can tell. I mean, I've got interest in starting USFL Dynasty League. So if anyone else out there is interested, just let me know. We can get a multi-year thing going. I'm pumped. Yeah, you're going to have about three or four people DMing you on that one. I mean, there's no doubt you're going to get a league going. I got oh a couple God. people interested. No doubt. Actually, the, the the dynasty factor of that is chef's kiss because even redraft knows like, if yeah. it exists. <laughs> right, though? But like... Guys aren't going to be playing year over year. It's just like this sort of farm system of losers, you know? So the dynasty aspect is great. I uh, love that. I'm pl- I am playing redraft, but my friend mentioned doing a dynasty. I was like that because I, I agree. It's just hilarious because there isn't going to be a dynasty aspect of it, even if it does retain itself. So it's right. Funny. Exactly. Even if the league continues for year two, which is also yeah. now up in the air, like the future picks are almost worthless. It's like <laughs> just trade it. Love it. Here. Yeah, it's so good. I love every part about USFL dynasty leagues right now. Hit up, hit up, uh, hit up Michael P. Duncan at MP Duncan seventy five. He'll start a league or a bunch of leagues. It'll be fun. Do a thirty two team league IDP. That'd be the best. There's only that, that's more teams than they're in the USFL. <laughs> that's four times the teams. Let's do it. I don't know. Let's just make it. I weird. don't. I don't even know how you like. I already had to shrink the rosters for this. We've got like eleven man rosters, oh, that's and great. there's six of us. That's fantastic. It's, oh, I love it. It's something. It's something. All right. Well, I'll tell you, we're going to, we're going to do the NFC. Hopefully you guys caught, um, you know, the last, uh, the last show, which was, uh, AFC, lots of fun hijinks. Um, we learned that, uh, Michael B. Duncan does not think that Baker Mayfield is a bitch. True. You know, hey, we all have our opinions, but, uh, 
Moving on, moving on. And he also thinks that Christian Kirk was a good signing. These are the things. Okay, I was going to say, of the two things I'm passionate about, you didn't even pick the right one. (laughs) I couldn't really care less about Baker Mayfield. I just think that I'm right. Yeah. But Christian Kirk, I know that I'm right. Definitely a good signing, no doubt. Yeah, the the world roundly agrees with you. Let's let's move on before we go off into a a spiral that we can't get back from. NFC North, where do you want to start? What team? Uh, let's see the Chicago Bears, um, a team that might be competing for the number one overall uh, pick next year. Yeah, this is bad. This is really it's... bad. I mean, the, the 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 tough thing you you alluded to it last episode when talking about some of the rookie quarterbacks and talking about the Christian Kirk effect on Trevor Lawrence yeah. and how a bad roster can undercut a young quarterback like Sam Darnold was undercut, but he probably sucked anyway. So it doesn't really matter. I think the good ones will overcome having or not having Christian Kirk, but I think a bad roster overall to your point, it really does matter. And this, this roster is, I mean, to be clear, the point was not just Christian Kirk. I know. I know a good team. It's my show. Let me just dunk on you every now and again. Can't you let a guy have his show? You dunk on me all the time. Right, I'm just right, not normally true. on the mic to defend that's myself. That's true. Fair enough, Michael P. Duncan. But Besides, if I wanted to, I could cut you out of this episode. I, I could I just know. start releasing a solo pod yes. every week. <laughs> yeah, I, there, there would be nothing I could do. Literally. Be, I should have done that for April Fool's, honestly. Yeah, that would have been funny. But like the, the, only, the only players they have on this team is like Darnell Mooney, Tevin Jenkins, Cole Komet, Justin Fields, I guess running backs. David Montgomery. Like, yeah, running backs are good, but... It's just it's rough uh, as a roster, uh, defense and offense, and I think they're going to have a hard time. You know, it's kind of like Tua last year had the least amount of time to throw. I don't think uh, Justin Fields is going to be afforded with time to throw. He's also apparently not going to be afforded with quality targets to throw to. As not right a fan now, of yeah. Outside of Darnell Mooney, it's Equinemius St. Brown and Byron Pringle as his other two wide receivers. That's hashtag not good. No, and it's a shame because I really like Darnell Mooney. Yeah. But, like, this is not the type of situation you want to see a guy like Darnell Mooney in no. to thrive. Nope. Like, it's one thing if they have a good offensive line or right. something. But it's going to be a bad offensive line, a bad, you know, target surrounding Darnell Mooney. And, like, honestly, I think there's an argument to be made that the best player on the team might be David Montgomery, and that's not good. No. It's really bad. It's yep. horrible. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it, like looking at it, it's hard to really want anyone on this team, right? at, at least for this season. Um, yep. But that makes you worry about the upcoming years. You know, maybe Cole Komet because, I mean, it's just going to be quick throws. And I think Cole Komet now uh, elevates himself to a full-time player. He was very efficient. He's sort of a quote-unquote favorite target of Justin Fields. I think he'll be more so because of that, uh, you know, uh, low time to throw. So, I mean... I don't know, maybe Colkman. But I think Justin Fields is a very dangerous redraft player, obviously, someone that I wouldn't be targeting at all for 2022. Uh, he's probably a buy low somewhere in the middle of the season in Dynasty, or maybe now even, I don't know. Uh, his his value seems to be very high. Uh, if you can get top 10 quarterback value for him, probably a great sell. Even though I love the talent of Justin Fields, it is it, it, he is set up to fail. And that's that's the tough part is no matter how much you love the talent, like we've just we've seen it before. I mean, it's the same conversation. We've seen really talented quarterbacks in really bad positions that are just hung out to dry. And in the end, like it it sometimes just doesn't matter. So as much as 
I want to say like, you know, buy Justin Fields be yeah. like, you know, halfway through the season because he's going to be terrible, but I like the talent. Like, but when does it get better? And yeah. to what extent does it get better if he's not able to really grow? Yeah. They don't have a first round pick. Um, maybe there's some, look, I've been snapping up Equinemia St. Brown in a few deep dynasty leagues. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have high hopes. So that's why I say deep because it doesn't really matter if you have him or not. He's very unlikely to fire as a, you know, weekly fantasy asset in 2022. And if that's the case, then whatever. However, Equinemia St. Brown does have high ceiling potential. So if for some reason he does actually quote unquote hit, he's an athletic phenom, uh, who has a pretty good college profile. Um, you know, obviously, the bloodlines with, you know, Amon Ra and et cetera. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, you know, I think his dad was like some sort of Mr. Universe thing. And his mom was a Olympic track athlete or something. I mean, he's got the bloodlines. I think this you might is, actually be right. Yeah. I remember on yeah. NFL network, like good morning football, like three years ago, I remember watching like Nate Burleson do a breakdown of like their family and yes. the way that they named their children. I mean, Amon Ra is literally a sun God, like yeah. yep. wild. Yep. Wild stuff. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's worse dice rolls or dart throws, if you will. But, um, but again, the team is just so bad. So they will likely add, uh, I mean, they really need to add a lot. So who the hell knows what they're likely to do, but this team's kind of a stay away in general. Although you can just like, kind of like Houston where there's like these Nico Collins and, you know, Brevin Jordans and things like that, where you can, uh, you know, cooks where you can find some value Marlon Max. This might be somewhat similar, but I, I'm actually more um, shy on this Bears roster than I am on the uh, on the Houston Texans. So, yeah, this is a, a lot of stay away. So let's move on to a different team. You're starting to bum me out. Well, uh, I'll bum you out further by going to the Detroit Lions. Yeah. The, the, uh, so yeah. we can just get them both out of the way. Although, yeah. honestly, I think there's more to like on this team than the Bears. Like Totally. Obviously, Jared Goff is Jared Goff. Maybe there's a possibility they take a quarterback at two overall or maybe 32 overall, uh, get that extra fifth year option in there. But, um, you know, I don't necessarily people expect Malik Willis to go there at two overall or Kenny Pickett. Um, But you've got a decent amount of talent in the skill positions in Amon Ross St. Brown, in TJ Hawkinson and in DeAndre Swift. And I don't know, should people be excited? I think is a good question to ask. Yes, Um, I do. I think so. I, I, I mean, the only thing that's going to hold them back is Jared Goff. I think they should continue to build on strength at two, personally. I mean, the problem is they have two really good tackles, and there's only a tackle at two. So if, if yeah. I'm Detroit, I'm doing little – and I will say this on the pod because I've got Detroit at two. I would do any everything in my power to trade out of that pick. Like, I would literally take the best offer, whatever that is. I don't want to pick at two. I want to get more talent on this team. We're not one player away if we're Detroit. You know, I think we can, I say we as if I'm fucking general manager now, but, you know, they've got Frank Rag now. They've got Taylor uh, Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell at tackles. Like, you know, maybe a couple guards, like, which you can generally find, but, you know, they, they, they solidify. Yeah, unless, the unless it's a standout kind of guy, you don't really want to draft a guard at two overall. No, and no, I don't of course think not. there's a, you know, future Hall of Famer guarantee. At yeah, I mean, uh, what's his name? Icky, I think, can play inside. So it's kind of interesting if you drafted one of those dudes and just wait to like, I don't know. But they've got a lot of money in draft capital tied up in tackle. I don't think it's a smart move. So yeah. that's why I would trade out of there. Um, but that all that being said, like, you know, build on a strength. They've got good backs, obviously. 
you know, with uh, Jamal Williams and obviously DeAndre Swift. They've got a great tight end. You know, they've got a great possession receiver. They can play a little smash mouth up front. So I guess they're probably going to go ahead and address that defense and, you know, because that's a problem, obviously, uh, with their last first-round pick there, um, you know, on the defense, uh, tearing his Achilles and is out Jeff Okuda, or was it ACL, or doesn't really matter. One uh, of those. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember which one it was. Doesn't really matter. They're both the same injury now. It's like a year. But in any event, this this team, obviously, DeAndre Swift is still a top four dynasty, top five if you hate him, dynasty running back, I think. Um, you know, he's going to catch a ton of passes. Jared Goff's a check down king. TJ Hawkinson comes back, uh, hopefully healthy. Um, you know, I think health has, has slowed TJ down. I, I really like TJ Hawkinson. He's still a, a top tight end for me. Um Question is, Amon Ra St. Brown, I think, right? Because Amon Ra now has huge, yep. huge dynasty value. I mean, he's really, uh, you know, uh, I think he's like top 25 right now, uh, wide receiver in dynasty. They add DJ Chark. Might they add another weapon, uh, you know, at pick 32 or somewhere else in the second round? I don't know. What do you think about Amon Ra St. Brown and his future? So right now, I will, to give some context, he's the 78th overall player in Dynasty Startup, uh, according to Keep Trade Cut, and he's the wide receiver 26. Mm. Um, I like Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I actually, I was the one who did, like, the write-up for him last year for our draft kit, which, keep an eye out for our draft kit. We'll have more information about that uh, soon, hopefully. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that he was a really solid wide receiver, I thought that he was a good route runner, but not necessarily like electric or an incredible athlete, which I think is probably kind of why he ended up dropping to the fourth round, I think is where he ended up going in the draft. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the scary thing about Amon Ross St. Brown is really just, you know, he did a lot of what he did without, TJ Hawkinson without DeAndre Swift being at full health for most of the season with Jared Goff and with nobody else in the wide receiving core. Um, so honestly, I'm probably selling Amon Ross St. Brown. If you can get someone that values him as like, like a top 12 dynasty wide receiver, which I think some people are kind of there right now. Um, yeah. But if I can get that kind of value, even you know, like a top twenty wide receiver, even I, I think I'd probably take that. Yeah. Because I, I think there's guys in this draft that I would pretty easily take over him with no problem. The, um, the interesting thing about Amon Ra is like you know he was a rookie. He you know he did that thing where he was playing you know sixty you know sixty percent of the snaps, and you know playing well here and there in spots. And then if you look at week 13 through 18, which was six games, I'm just going to read you his targets. 12, 12, 11, 11, 11, 10. It's like, holy smokes. Like yep. he was getting targeted so consistently. He scored a touchdown in five of those six games. And in those games, he never had less than eight catches. So like, you know, between 10 and 12 targets, but he never was inefficient. You know, he was catching touchdowns. He caught everything yep. like, I don't know, like he was just so efficient, you know, with his touches. He'll never, you know, and he was so, he had so much volume. So it's like if you can project anywhere close to that, it doesn't have to be that because that run at the end of the year was amazing, right? Like that's not what you expect. You're not going to expect, 
you know, 200 targets, right? Like, because 10 to 12 targets per game, every single game times, you know, for those working at home, 17 games. You know, anyway, listen, that's between 170 and 200 targets. Um, that's not realistic in this offense, you know, so that pace is not sustainable. You know, he's not going to score 15 touchdowns, right? So all that, of course, we know, but it did show a window into how they view him and they view him as a volume player. Um, I don't know, you know, certainly DeAndre Swift and, and, and Hawkinson, you know, sort of coming back, uh, eat into that, but I still think he's a, you know, a seven to 10 target per game guy. And that that'll be good enough for his draft position. I just don't think he's elite. And I agree with you. If you can get elite return, get yeah. him. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. I think some people expect that he'll continue to rise. And I think we've, not that we've already seen his peak, right. but I, I, I just have a hard time to think that it gets better. Like this isn't Justin Jefferson's rookie year. Like, right. You know, he did that. Like, I mean, I'm looking at it like Deandre Swift played two of those games and it looks like TJ Hawkinson didn't play any. Right. And in those games, Deandre Swift had three and five targets. Yeah. Like TJ Hawkinson is a really good tight end when he's healthy and he's going to get targets. And Deandre Swift, that may be Amon Ra's Ra's best six game stretch in his career. Exactly. You know, Exactly. And that's not bad because, you know, what less than 1% of players will ever have a, you know, a stretch like that ever. So it's, it's yeah. unbelievable. But, you know, if, I think if you're banking on that going forward, you, that's a fool's errand. Uh, DJ yeah. Chark is a player I liked a lot. You know, uh, it's weird, man. I was so, I was out on him as a prospect and then he was good. I was in on him. Then he hurts himself. I don't, I've been wrong on DJ Chark the whole way. So if I want him to be good, I should just say he's going to fail here, but I don't know. I, I do think he's got some utility in this offense. The problem is it's Jared Goff, not really a downfield uh, passer. And that's so not I, really what the Lions like to do either. Yeah. I mean, or maybe maybe it's what they like to do, but they know they can't with Jared right. Goff. I don't know. I like DJ Chark as a player. It was a very puzzling move for him to go there for me personally yeah, if he's trying to increase his value. Um, so he's definitely not someone I'm trading for. I think if, if anything, if you find a team that's like, you know, giving him the free agency bump, I would trade him away. Yeah. I am with you as well. You know, Quintez Cephas and Josh Reynolds sort of round that, that them out. I think those are the, I'd, I'd look a little bit towards, uh, Quintez Cephas. I think he also Khalif Raymond. Yeah. But I think Khalif Raymond is more of a, a fill in player. I think Quintez, you know, could actually be a starter. It's like going to be one of either Quintez or Josh Reynolds, in my opinion, uh, opposite of DJ Chark. I, I just think it's one of those guys. And, you know, I don't know if Quintez can beat out Josh Reynolds is really what I think I'm seeing, but I don't know if that's necessarily true. It's just kind of the way I read the tea leaves there. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Who's next? Um, so I don't even know if this is really a better situation but the green bay packers uh yeah. they've traded away Devonte adams aaron Rodgers is back for a quote-unquote three-year deal we'll see what that actually ends up being yep. um but their top wide receivers right now are probably aaron jones and aj Dillon, and then after <laughs> that it's the ghost of randall cobb amari rogers and uh oh, sammy watkins you're forgetting lizard king Oh, yeah. I knew I was forgetting one of them. Alan yeah. Lazard. Yeah, he's actually their top receiver. He is. Actually, he's gonna... I still think it's Aaron Jones. but Yeah, yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. I think that <clears throat> Alan Lazard has, I think he has tremendous upside here. You know, the closer and closer we get to this being the, 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 the way they, they line him up, 
the more and more Alan Lazard starts to win. He could be absolutely vaporized. Like, obviously, I don't, I, you know, Green Bay picks, what are they, like 22 and 29, or I forget yeah, exactly, something right? Like that. Something like that. At the early pick, they're not going to be able to get a Drake London, but they could maybe, you know, package a little bit and move up for a Drake London. Let's just say they got a Traylon Burks or a Drake London. That's not good for Alan Lazard. If they get like an Olave or Garrett Wilson, it could be good because it could be Watkins, Lazard, and Garrett Wilson. But, you know, I suppose they could play London in the slot too. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, because, you know, one of these three guys, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, or Randall Cobb, is going to be on the outside looking in. I think Amari Rogers, I think they know he ain't the guy. Otherwise, yeah. they would have already, you know, it, you know, it would have been kind of known. I, I don't think he's going to be yeah. the guy. Um, yeah. So, so I think it's one of those three guys could be vaporized or, you know, a combination of them, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only guy I'm interested in on this offense outside of Aaron Rodgers, I think there's two, and I think it's Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think Aaron Jones' volume from a receiving standpoint is just going to skyrocket because I think that's already kind of how they viewed him. And then, honestly, like A.J. Dillon isn't a bad pass catcher himself. And I think that he might see a little bit of an increased workload in that way too. Um, I think that they're going to need to, I think they're going to need to lean on the run game just a little bit heavier, even if they draft, you know, two rookie first round wide receivers. Yeah. Um, and as for Alan Lazard, I, I kind of just view him kind of like Robert Tunyon. Like, yeah, yeah there's a chance he gets 10, 11 touchdowns yep. because it's Aaron Rodgers. Bingo. But if he doesn't, I think he's worthless to you. Yeah. And I mean, it's one thing to have 10, 10, 11 touchdowns as a tight end. It's a complete, a completely different situation to do it as a wide receiver, where as a tight end, that probably puts you as a top three tight end and a wide receiver. If you're not doing anything else, you're not a top three wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, Alan Lazard had eight touchdowns last year in the wake exactly. of, uh, you know, uh, Devonte Adams. So I do think he's got a touchdown upside and weekly start ability, especially, you know, uh, Hail Mary starts, right? You know, it could be one of those guys. I don't know how many targets he's going to see, but they are high-quality targets. We all know uh, Aaron Rodgers likes to throw two-yard touchdowns, right? You know, he loves those. Oh, yeah. Um, and Specifically Alan, to Devontae Adams. Bingo. Well, he's gone. And Alan Lazard is yep. the the next guy there. I mean, he's six six or whatever, big, gigantic dude. So, great end zone target. That's where I think Aaron Jones comes in. Yeah. I because I, I, I'm not sure there's anyone on this offense that Aaron Rodgers trusts like he trusts Aaron Jones. True. Um, at, Lazard's probably right there, but Lazard, like Cobb. <laughs> yeah, crazy. maybe Cobb. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I mean, um, I, the question I was going to ask for the pod, you know what I mean? Like the rhetorical to me and yeah. you question was like, do does Randall Cobb have like one more like just sort of like oh my god Randall Cobb and then he retires like you know what I mean like because absolutely. Was, he was on the precipice of retiring. Like he's, he yeah. still might retire. Like if they draft yeah. two wide receivers, you might be like, ah, fuck it. I'm out of it. But like, you know, he's that close. He's like either in or out bear. So like, that's not like a guy you want to bet on, but I could just like see it in my mind's eye. Like just see Randall Cobb, like, you know, 70 catches, 789 yards and 10 touchdowns. You're like where the fuck did this season come from? You know, I wouldn't, I, I would not be shocked. I, cause I right. just, there, there's so little there. There is so little there. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't trust Alan Lazard. Like, yeah, he's probably going to be a value, 
regardless of who the rookie wide receivers are. But, you know, it, it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers liking to throw two yard touchdowns. Like, I, like I, I've been a Devontae Adams owner in my home dynasty league for since our, you know, uh, since our startup draft. And I, I, I watched a decent amount of Packers games like he gets down there. It wasn't him trying to throw the ball. It was him looking for Devontae Adams. Like yeah. very specifically, they drew stuff up to get Devontae Adams touchdowns in the red zone. That's why he always had so many. And that's why I think I, I, I would be less I, I would be less surprised to see a lot of that work go to Aaron Jones in the red zone. Yeah. One and way or the other. And I don't mean to bury the lead, obviously, because obviously the biggest story in Green Bay is now with Deshaun Watson having found his his home and Russell Wilson having found his home. The next shoe to drop is exactly which team is going to trade for Jordan Love because he's oh, the Lord. Wait, wait, what? Oh, I said I'm good hearing, Lord. I'm hearing that's not going to happen. <sighs> um, no. Oh, you got me I'm there. sorry, guys. I thought Jordan Love was good. Never mind. Uh, I, I was told by many that he was going to be the next next uh, court. My apologies. Moving on. Next team. Uh, we have the Minnesota Vikings, um, Minnesota Vikings. I think is really, they, I think they're very intriguing right now for dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're kind of one year away from like, I, I think we can just see a lot of changes to a team that has been fairly consistent over the past few years. Obviously Kirk has his fully guaranteed money through, I forget when, um, and you've got Justin Jefferson, but Adam Thielen is, you know, he's getting there in age. Dalvin cook um, while I do believe he has a new contract, he's still a running back that's still getting older and is dealing, you know, he's never played a full season. Um, past that, you've got the Irv Smiths of the world, uh, mm. the guys you're hoping that are going to break out on that offense. you got Alexander Madison, but I mean, a new head coach, a new system. I think there's a lot more, a lot more change ahead this season than I think we're even assuming there's going to be. Yeah. By the way, I couldn't say you were in the green room because people knew you were in the you know, in the main room when I was talking about Jordan Love. Sorry about that. That's a good point. Yeah. What this just in from the green room, they're like, no, no, he's, uh, I I can just hear BZ right now just yelling, (laughs) Irv Smith, right? Um, I love Irv Smith. Irv Smith is the new Amari Cooper. He's only 18 years old, right? I mean, he was a very young prospect, came in at 20 years old. I think he's still only like 23 right now. He's been injured, missed a year, the whole thing. Like, he's still a very young prospect. Um Look, this kid has immense upside. It looks like he's got a free run at the tight end uh, position here in in Minnesota because there's really nothing behind him. Now, they could draft somebody. Obviously, they probably will. But uh, yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody that they're going to draft that's going to uh, you know, take away Irv Smith Jr.'s opportunity here. And on top of that, yeah, of course you have Justin Jefferson, you know, this yep. this supernova. But after him, you've got a aging Adam Thielen and then KJ Osborne, who is, you know, he's just another guy at wide receiver. You might actually see Amir Smith Marset yep. beat out KJ Osborne for that slot role. I have K, uh, Amir Smith Marset, uh, you know, stowed away in a number of dynasty teams. I would recommend that. Y'all try and make that trade as well. Get him as a throw in here and there. He might be nothing too. He's also a fifth round pick, but you know, he, 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 uh, he was a, a precocious little uh, college player. He had a pretty good profile as, as you may remember, Mr. Duncan. So he could, he could elevate himself. It's either him or KJ Osborne there, unless they draft somebody. And we talked about that a little bit last, uh, last uh, program about how they are in need of a wide receiver, especially with Adam Thielen aging. But after Thielen and Jefferson, I think that's why I like Irv Smith because he's kind of the clear cut yep. 
third passing option, obviously outside of Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and when it comes to Dalvin Cook, I am starting to get to that point, and I think we talked about this not too long ago. Um, I think it was one of the Q&A mailbag episodes, um, but you said that you thought there was going to be a large turnover in the dynasty running backs in you know, going from this group of guys, the Dalvin Cook, CMCs, Joe Mixons, that all kind of came in together and, you know, reached their heights together. And we're moving on to the Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift age group guys. Like Dalvin Cook is a guy that I'm scared about because I think what made me so confident in him in the past, even with the injury issues, is I knew that when he was in there, he was going to get work because that's exactly how their head coach thought. Um, but yeah, so their head coach, uh, Kevin O'Connell is, you know, he's from, uh, Green Bay. He's, he was the former quarterbacks coach. And I just, you know, I see, I saw what Green Bay did with, um, you know, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, even Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Um, and I'm just not convinced that anyone's ever going to give Dalvin cook the workload like he got, uh, under Mike Zimmer, because that's what Mike Zimmer's always done. And Dalvin cook, he doesn't play 16 games or 17 games rather. So I'm getting to the point where I think Dalvin Cook might be a sell. Yeah, I mean, any, I mean, the, the old saying is any top five dynasty running back is always a sell because they're not yeah. going to be next year type of thing. And when it was Kamara and Cook and Saquon and all these guys, you probably should have just been selling them because here we are and they're now not those guys. Now it's Javante and Harris and, you know, I and, and, and Taylor, of course. But, you know, yeah. so that's kind of, you know, the old, the old adage. Uh, but you know, the, the other part of that too is, yeah, they're on the other side of the age curve, the dynasty curve where we start to see uh play start to decrease. Although I'm not so sure about Dalvin. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's played 14, 14 and 13 games last three years. Last year was a little bit of a down year uh, in terms of touchdowns. Uh, he didn't score as many and that kind of hurt his, his totals. He was, uh, out for a bit there with the shoulder. He's had some shoulder issues, which has been rough. It's a tough one. Uh, but in any event, uh, yeah, uh, that, which is why in dynasty, you know, you're, you're sort of told, especially in like tournaments and things like that, not to handcuff. You never want to, you know, handcuff in a tournament. That's the, that's a fucking loser's move in redraft. You kind of don't want to handcuff in dynasty. It's totally fine. Because yeah. you're just protecting your assets. You've got deep benches. It's just, it's totally different. So if you want to own, quote unquote, the Minnesota backfield, go right ahead and trade for Alexander Madison because you know you have a one for one replacement there. Um, you're not betting on downside of Dalvin. You're just hedging. It's different. You know, so anyway. Um, also, so uh, real yeah. quick, I did misspeak. He was the offensive coordinator for the Rams. I mean, really, what you should have just said, he was the understudy to uh, Tom Sean Brady. Yeah, uh, Tom well, that Brady. too, I guess. Because yeah, he was um, drafted by the Patriots to play quarterback. So, yeah, um, the Vikings, the NFC North, most of it's pretty bad, actually. I didn't yeah. even realize how kind of depressing all of their dynasty outlooks were. Uh, so now we're going to go to a place that is definitely going to be better and make us both feel better which is the nfc east um yeah so i think we'll start with the dallas cowboys mainly to just get them out of the way um recently had to you know trade away amari cooper because they pay ezekiel way too much money um they signed michael gallup to a long-term contract obviously cd lamb's still there they lost cedric wilson in free agency um but yeah, I mean, Dak Prescott's still there. Zeke's still there. Tony Pollard's still there. What do you think? 
I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I mean, everybody's so down on Zeke, and rightfully so. He's depre- uh, disappointed us in fantasy, you know, almost two years straight now, and I get it. But they did have to trade Amari Cooper because Ezekiel yep. Elliott, Elliott is paid so much, and because not just because he's paid so much, but because he's guaranteed to be paid so much over the next two years. And when a player is guaranteed to be paid that much, there's only two options. One, they play, or two, they literally can't play like Todd Gurley. I mean, there's no way that the the, um, Rams wanted to part ways with Gurley in the way they did. They were, quote-unquote, forced to, as I cheers my lovely wife with a glass of champagne on Easter Sunday. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they, the only reason they're, they they did that uh, was because they're forced uh, to do so with Gurley. And, and, and unless Zeke forces their hand, they're going to play his ass. And this team should be good, um, right? So he's a starting running back on a good team that should score. I, I sense a bounce back from this team. Uh, last year was obviously a, a disappointment in terms of offensively. Um, so, yeah, I think Ezekiel Elliott is uh, undervalued in pretty much every format, but I understand the trepidation from fantasy gamers because he's a scary player to lean into. But leaning into that uncertainty, I mean, if you start to uh, go to best-case scenario with him, best-case scenario is a top-five running back in in 2022. I think if you look at worst case scenario, yeah, it's kind of what we saw last year. I mean, unless you want to factor in injury, which is ridiculous, of course you can. But I'm just talking about if he's healthy and plays, you know, he's kind of being drafted at his floor right now. So, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's kind of a buy. I think Dalton Schultz is a huge target there. Uh, I've talked about him, uh, you know, basically a lock for 100 targets um, in a, in a high-powered offense where he should score touchdowns. Dalton Schultz is a you know, uh, an easy click of the button late in, in redraft. And I think he's a pretty good dynasty target, um, especially if the uh, the manager who's currently rostering Dalton Schultz is sleeping on him a little bit. Maybe if they have a, you know, a Kelsey or a Waller or something, maybe they haven't played Schultz that much and they, they don't realize what they've got. Uh, and then you, you said it. I mean, Michael Gallup is signed. James Washington comes in to do whatever that's James the, Washington yeah, that's does. That's the name I was going to bring up. Right. But really, this is the C.D. Lamb opportunity for elite production. Um, this is it, right? I mean, I think C.D. Lamb is great. We're going to find out if he's a, a very good player or an elite player or somewhere in between there this season, right? Yeah, so some interesting thoughts I have because mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't totally agree with you on, on a couple of these things. One, I, where I do agree is that Zeke is probably undervalued. I mean, he was he was the running back seven in PPR last year. Um, but I think the main reason that he was the running back seven is because he played 17 games. Attrition, he, yeah. He played half of them on like a, like a, some type of PCL injury, I think. Um, not, not a torn PCL, but it, it was not in good shape. Um, and it looked that way. And I think... If this was any other franchise, you know, I'd probably just want to throw Zeke out a window and move on. But Jerry Jones loves him and they're not willing to admit their mistake. Like, you know, we've seen some heavy dead cap hits in the NFL over the past couple of years. And it's all because teams are like, yeah, we need to move on so we don't get handicapped year after year. That's what the Cowboys are doing. And they're idiots for doing that. Um, But the fact of the matter is Zeke is still on the roster and he's still probably going to play a lot. I just I think what it comes down to is I don't think he's a good player. I don't think he's a really good player anymore. 
And it just, you know, at what point will he stop getting the volume to make him a good fantasy play? And I think that's the fallout that we're waiting for. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but you're right. He's undervalued because we have no reason to think it will happen. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's going to be a bounce back year for the Cowboys. I think it's going to be a crashing down to earth year for the Cowboys. Of course you do. Well, no, but just, I think they overperformed last year. I, I think they overperformed I'm talking for about four games. No, uh, so am I. Okay. I think they overperformed two years ago for four games. Then Dak got injured. Then last year, I think their offense was fine, but I don't think it was great. And I don't really know what they did to make it better. Their offensive line got worse. Their offensive line, people still view it like it was for yeah. like a single year in like 2015 where it was one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Yeah, it's not and that. people have been riding that for years because of like two guys on that line, one of which who was always injured. They lost Lyle Collins. Like they are losing guys left and right because of the Zeke contract. And they're not replacing anyone their defense got worse and uh their cornerback is trevon diggs is not going to pick off like a thousand passes this year no because he's not a really good cornerback um so i don't know man i i mean maybe if their defense is worse that's actually better for the offense i mean it makes logical sense but i i I don't think they added any talent and i think losing amari cooper is a lot more than people are willing to admit that it is Um, especially when you're handicapped by Zeke and a really bad offensive line. And Dak did not look the same from a rushing and a moving around perspective as he did in the past. And I think that's important. Um, But if James Washington is there and they don't take an early round wide receiver, I'm intrigued. I will say they they really should be looking at uh, offensive line. I mean, I I say it every year, you know, uh, every year on these uh, draft programs, anytime I'm anywhere around the draft, it's like every team should be thinking about offensive line. Like always, I said it about Detroit and they have these two dope tackles and I'm thinking about icky, you know, it's like, yep. You can't have too much offensive line. Just like you can't have too many corners. People are like, well, we already have a couple corners. Like you can't have too many. You're what are you talking about? You know? So offensive line is that way. I mean, we've seen it too with, um, you know, with, even with Dallas moving, you know, tackles to guards to yep. create, you know, a, a, a more dominant offensive line. I think their their offensive line can be put together uh, if it all comes together, but it's also, it could be a weakness. So I would definitely invest in offensive line if I'm them, yep. um, you know, because that's what they need. So I'm with you hundred percent. We'll see how, I mean, they, how, how they put it how, together on the defense too. How do you win a Super Bowl? You have a, an elite offensive line yeah. and an elite defensive line. And right now I don't think they have either. No, I agree. With so that. like no. that's, and, and I, I, I think they've been very dumb about the way that they've handled those positions. I mean, they lost Randy Gregory, which is hysterical, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not excited for the Cowboys. Obviously I never would be, but I'm trying yeah. my best to be, you know, non-biased. And I just think, I don't know. I don't, I don't expect a huge jump from them this year. Yeah. It's um, interesting. You know, we talked about the Zeke contract. I mean, literally it's crazy. Like if, if they cut him, they, it it's, they don't get cap savings. It's actually negative 11 million, almost 12 million in cap savings, so to speak. It's a dead cap, Ted dead money of $30 million. If they cut him right now, like, that's incredible, thirty million. So next year, it's a it's a twelve it's million dollar kind cap of their hit. first out, yeah, yeah, twelve million dollar cap hit, but only save four million. So I still think he's going to be in the uh, on the team. Then it's the year after that, twenty twenty four, when he's twenty nine, 
where they actually can save eight million by letting them go. It's a dead cap of of six, which is a lot, yeah. man. That's a lot of cap. So I mean, yeah, I guess. When I say that they should have just moved on, it's not because I think it would help their cap situation right now, but I think it's basically admitting that, hey, we'll deal with it for a year, and then, look, we can just get ourselves back on track. They they literally can't, though. They can't do that. Uh, They have to keep – mathematically must be on the roster this year. It just doesn't actually help them. It actually hurts them to get rid of them, so they have to. It's like – but that's it's, what people said about Carson Wentz about it's different. Matt Ryan. It was not a no, negative negative twelve million dollars cap savings. Nobody that's, that's Carson, like, Carson Wentz is the largest uh, dead cap hit in NFL history. Dead cap. Matt, this is thirty million dollars dead cap, but also a negative twelve cap savings. So it literally their cap goes up. They 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 can't they can't get rid of them. Getting rid of them, it's like adding a, a you know Juju Smith Schuster onto the team. You know, it's just crazy. You cannot do it. So this year he's locked in, which is again why they were forced to get rid of Amari Cooper because Amari Cooper also has some dead money, but you know they were actually able to save money even though they have dead money, they still saved net dollars on the cap. So unbelievable. That's where they're at with this. That's that's how bad the math is on Zeke. The difference is is that like with a quarterback, you 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 know, you can only play one so to speak. You know, if, if if Wentz isn't the guy, then you need to get rid of him. You can't have him there and get another quarterback. So that's why the the the, the number matters so much. It's not like getting rid of Zeke and bringing in someone else. It's like, now we're going to be good. Like, they're as good as they are with or without him. So why why get rid of him? You know, it doesn't – It's yeah, it's a mistake to have paid him, but it's not like a mistake like, fuck, we're never going to win if Zeke's our running back. Like, no, we're f- as good as whatever with or without him. But the Wentz or the if Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold or whoever your quarterback is, if you have him, you need to get the fuck rid of him because we're not going to win with his ass. Like that's also the sort of the thinking with a quarterback, which is why these quarterbacks are so valuable, but also so onerous when they when they flame out. I guess yeah. From that point of view, I completely agree that you have to handle quarterback different than every other position. That's always the that's always the case. I guess my only my only argument was if it like would be if I was Jerry Jones, I would say, are we really are we sixteen million dollars worth of cap space toward anyone away from winning a Super Bowl? My yeah. argument would be no. If the yeah. answer was yes, and you could use that sixteen million this year to sign whoever the fuck to help you compete for a Super Bowl, sure. Absolutely, keep him on whatever. But I think the Cowboys, more realistically, yeah, they'll be competing for the playoffs. More realistically, they're probably two years away with all of the people that they're losing. Yeah. I would take the bullet now, knowing that I'm not a guy away right now, but maybe I'm a guy away next year or the year after. Yeah. And you just you, you get out of the contract. I mean, you saw the Rams I, do it with Todd yeah. Gurley. And they I, said, well, they, and again, it. they we're, had we're to because, like, you know, if Zeke were to get released by them right now, he would sign somewhere else. Whereas yeah. Gurley clearly is so medically, you know, tarnished that he can't even play anywhere or or he's yeah. not trying to. One or the other, right? Like either he's so hurt that yeah. he's not trying to play or he's so hurt that other teams aren't trying to get him. And whatever it is, it's that pretty bad. The other thing I was thinking about, too, is like if you're uh, you said if you were Jerry Jones, it's like if I were the owner or general manager of a, of a franchise, it's like they and pay he's both. Right, exactly, but and or both, right? Then they pay Zeke, his cap number is, you know, for 22, 18, 17, 14, 17, and 16 over the next five years. You can't even ever think that that's, like, okay. Like, that's not, like, in other words, like, I would have a, a percentage of my team's salary that I would devote to running back, and it would be, like, between 
whatever, I'm making this up, 5 to 10%. Like, five if we don't have a good running back. If we have the best running back in the league, the most we'll spend is this much. Like, you just can never spend that much money on any running back ever because it cripples your team. Like, if you could put Jonathan Taylor in there, I don't want to pay him that either. It's not the the quality of the running back. It's the it's the amount of percentage that you're paying to a running back, which is completely ridiculous. It's just, you can't do it. It's impossible. Yeah, so that's the Cowboys. Ezekiel uh, mm. Elliott is underrated but overpaid. Yep. I think we've all known that for a couple of years now. But uh, we're going to move on to the what, New what, York. What did you think? What did you think of my CD Lamb though? Honestly, I mean, what do you think? You said you disagreed with some something. What was it, Dalton Schultz or CD Lamb part? What part? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I think it was just as a whole the offense is going yeah. to be worse. I see. Um, now I understand. I'm not fully convinced that CD Lamb is going to be able to take the full on jump. Part of that is because of what I think the offense is going to be. So yeah, that's yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting. I, I'm intrigued. I, I, I believe in the talent, so I'm just intrigued yeah. to see what happens. Really, yeah. is what it comes down to. Yeah. Um. Fair enough. But yeah, so the New York Giants. Um. <laughs> who, by the way, I believe last year spent the most money out of every NFL team on wide receivers and also had the least amount of production in terms oh, of touchdowns yeah. from their wide receiving room. Um, paid big Rough. money for Kenny Galladay, spent a first-round pick on Kadarius Tony. Daniel Jones is still there. Saquon Barkley's still there. Um, they've got a new head coach in Brian Dabble, um, former offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Former um, Patriot. And former Patriot. Uh, seems like there's a couple of reasons to actually be kind of excited for this offense. I'm not going to lie. Uh, they have two first round picks, so it'll be, I think they might both be top 10 actually. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see kind of what their team looks like after the draft. But sitting here right now, what do you think? Yeah, picks five and seven. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of whispers about Saquon getting traded. I mean, there's just there's a lot. There's a lot there. You keep hearing yep. it. It's the it's the rumor that won't go away. And I don't know, man. I would love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say, man, I would love to see Saquon just get out of there. Like it's just been I mean, maybe it changes with Dayball is obviously like the everybody's so excited about Brian Dayball because, you know, you had literally the most, you know, the, the least creative offensive mind and Jason Garrett. Uh, on the sideline, you know, just kind of, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, they just haven't had, you know, a very creative offensive system. So yeah, I don't think that um, uh, it can get much worse there. Uh, Kenny Galladay looked cooked. Uh, He was not getting off the line very quickly. Uh, Maybe it was, you know, all the money in his pockets was slowing him down. That's what I think. Um, But you know, yeah, he, he, he may be cooked or he just wasn't, I don't know, who knows. Um, but yeah, they've got Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton to stretch the field. I don't think they need weapons per se. You know, um, you know, my boy Robert Foster actually kind of on the on the on the team. Let's go. Uh, joking, here. it's not going to happen. I'm just I'm just joking. But like they, you know, they have a pretty good four wide receiver set. If Kenny Galladay is is alive, um, you know, they 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 signed Ricky Seals Jones. I don't know that they have a tight end. They could target a tight end at some point in this draft. That would make sense. Uh, this is the final season of the Daniel Jones experiment, unless he breaks out, which I don't think will happen. So this is probably the end for him. And you know, so I don't. This feels like a little bit of a sinking ship because it's a uh, you know captained 
by Daniel Jones. Now, the the hope on the positive side and the the out you know the one outer is that Brian Dayball can do for Daniel Jones what he did for uh, you know Josh Allen. Yep. I would say it's the reverse. I think Josh Allen did stuff for Brian Dayball. Yeah. So uh, that's just the way I see this. I don't think he he's going to make him into a player. He's not. But stranger things have happened. But you know, I'd be watching the Saquon Barkley uh, trade situation, and uh, and and I I don't really know what to read from the tea leaves uh, because I don't think that if they do that, I don't think their starting running back is currently on the roster. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, I'd be shocked if Saquon gets traded. I'm going to be honest because. I think the reality of that is if he gets traded, he he's going to get, you know, he's going to get a big contract is probably what's going to happen. Um, right. And what you have to give up to get him is also going to be a decent amount of money. And doing all that for a running back just feels stupid to me. Um, there, obviously, some of the rumors it, I've heard, Michael, were like, oh, do you think they could get a third or a fourth for him? So in some ways, I think the, the contract is baked into that and it's like oh i think it is as well do you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah we're gonna have to pay him it's a last year of his deal like you know they he has he's just on um no guaranteed money he's got yeah. nothing he's on a seven million dollar nothing he's got no contract so he might hold out i mean i would if i were him actually i, I wouldn't play i don't th- I, I don't think he will no I, but i would if i was his agent i would tell him to well not, that's right? fair you, you yeah. know what I, I mean? Guess, it's like, <laughs> I guess having to pay Saquon the amount of money he's probably going to want, even a third. I don't, I don't want to give up a third to right. have to pay him that much. Like, I, I don't right. want, I don't want to give up any capital to have the right to pay a running back who's spent a lot of time injured a crap ton of money. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't even <laughs> really want to do that to a healthy running back. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Honestly, like, there's not a lot. Daniel Jones is interesting from the point of perspective of he runs and even if he takes if he takes a step forward he'll probably be decent for fantasy but who knows what he's going to be a year from now so he's most likely like a buy low maybe you get some starts out of him in a super flex league type of thing yeah. um but honestly I, outside of that I think the only guy and maybe it's just because I can't quit him I think the only guy I'm interested in is Kenny Galladay and it's mainly because yeah. he was injured going into the season last year um on an awful offense that just couldn't do anything they didn't use him properly they didn't use anyone properly right um and we know he i've seen him do it i've seen him do it a couple times like i know that he's talented so his stock is so far down that if i can just trade him for you know a cent on the dollar yes sure i I, i'll take that bet on a guy that i know is talented yes and i think that's right i think i would i would say it's more likely than not that he is not going to make it, but I would say you could probably trade a late 22 second and get Kenny Galladay. And I would I think, say, yeah, I think it might even cost less to be maybe that's, I was being generous. I don't, I don't think you need to pay an, a top end 22 second. I don't think that you need to do that. So a late 22 second to get Kenny Galladay. And what I would say is that it's as likely that that late 22 second ever hits as Kenny Galladay resur- has a resurgence. Um, probably the Kenny Galladay bet is a better one to make. It's not a great bet. Let me just tell you folks, but it's a bet we've seen the upside on and with a new offensive coordinator in town, it's possible. The guy I keep circling around to, which is kind of hilarious for me is Kadarius Tony. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. You know, cadaver, the Tony I dunked on this guy um, so much, but you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, he, he, uh, he, he's there. He, he showed, efficiency 
Um, he's definitely electric. I, I mean, never once did I say this kid isn't a great athlete. Uh, he's a great athlete, great football player. He just wasn't a refined receiver worthy of a first round pick in my opinion, but here it is. We're going to see whether or not he has grown in this off season and whether or not he can take a step forward. And in this offense devoid of other receiving options, it's very, very possible he steps up. So I, I think he's a, uh, I don't know that he's a value because I think there's a lot of people yeah. who feel like he's going to hit really, you know. But um, he's probably a value considering the fact that he's a first-round pick yes. in his second season. Like, I agree. I, tra- I traded for him last year, actually, in a decent deal. Like, I think I-, I was in a massive rebuild. I traded away Cooper Cup. I got back, I think, Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony, along with, like, picks and some other pieces. And yeah. I was happy to see him thrown in there because, again, like, I-, I agree. I think Kenny Galladay is the better value. But Kadarius Tony probably has a better chance of hitting, yeah. especially if this offense actually decides to use him. Yeah, um, but I, exactly. I think we can kind of agree that that's kind of a lot and really where the value ends on this team. Um, yeah. I but, mean, obviously, uh, there's always sneaky Sterling Shepard. Um, yeah, and probably in the best ball and stuff man. like that. Speaking he's of injuries. It, yeah, exactly. yeah, best ball, I agree. But speaking of injury, I, he just he can't stay healthy ever. Yeah, it's bad. Um, yeah, but that's bad. So let's move on. Uh, yeah, so uh, Washington Commanders, uh, they got a new head. Or no, they don't have a new head coach. They should have a new owner, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, they have a new <laughs> quarterback in Carson Wentz. Uh, they have basically everyone else remaining exactly the same on offense. They lost Brandon Scherf, which is not great uh, for that offensive line, which was already you know not in great shape to begin with. Um, but do you right. see Carson Wentz as an upgrade for this offense over Taylor Heineke? Like, is this good for... Um, you know, Antonio Gibson is a good for JD McKissick is a good for Terry McLaurin. Yeah, slightly. I don't think Carson Wentz is a huge upgrade, but he's an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Um, and if he wasn't, they wouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, I, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, Taylor Heineke is a great story and probably a top 40 quarterback on the planet, which is no slight to him, but uh, Wentz is a slight upgrade. I think, you know, getting Curtis Samuel back, you know, Terry McLaurin's a s- absolute stone cold stud, although he's kind of a sell in dynasty for me. Uh, this team probably won't be scoring very much. And while yep. Terry McLaurin is viewed as a young player, he's not really, um, you know, cause he was an older nope. prospect. So he's one of those guys that, you know, uh, someone might buy and they're like, wait, he's 27. What did I do? What the fuck am I doing here? So, you know, uh, yeah, you can, you can make a trade, uh, with him that I think is probably, uh, package him together and still get great return for him. Logan Thomas returns, you know, when he plays, he plays every down and the coaching staff's the same. So he's likely going to get every single snap at tight end. Um, When they, when they spell him, so to speak, uh, as an inline player, they just move him into the slot. So now with Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, uh, Logan Thomas, those are your, that's another very consolidated uh, target share. So along with JD McKissick, Uh, Antonio Gibson, Man, we thought we had the clear sailing of all the third down work. McKissick pump faked him, said he was going to Buffalo, then came back. Really hurts Antonio Gibson and his upside uh, because, you know, some of his upside was was tied to that receiving uh, work. So, yeah, the team's in, in, in a little bit of shambles on the offensive line. We'll see if they can, you know, cobble together an offensive line worthy of, uh, uh, of keeping Carson Wentz, you know, upright. That's going to be a problem. So hopefully they can. I, I would go offensive line again. Broken record. Uh, Jax Falcone suggesting a team draft offensive lineman. But they should. You're right, and <laughs> yep. I agree completely. Terry McLaurin's a massive sell for me. Um, 
you know, he was great value after rookie drafts. And I think since then, he's almost been overvalued because of how much he broke expectations. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think Carson Wentz might give him the best season that he's had. But honestly, it's not that high of a bar for the amount of talent that we know Terry McLaurin has. Like, he the best he's finished is 20th in, up full, in full PPR. Yeah. And I mean, Michael Pittman was better than that last year. Um, yeah. I, I, I think Carson isn't afraid to over target people. And I think the lack of, you know, he's not a big check down guy. Carson is. Um, and I think the lack of other weapons makes it likely that Terry McLaurin gets over targeted. So that in itself could be good, but I, I just, I don't, it sucks, man. Yeah. If, if I was Terry McLaurin, I think I'd demand a trade and then move on with my life, but yeah. whatever. I mean, McLaurin's coming into his fourth year, you know, and a lot of times you see the fourth year receiver, you're like, oh yeah, he's a young player. He's going to be 27. You know, his, his rookie year was a 24-year-old yeah. season. So yeah, that's the main reason I'm looking to sell, not because he's not good. So it's, it's a questionable offense. You think, oh yeah, he's only in his fourth year. He'll have some time to get, you know, uh, this this team won't it will change situations change but once it changes he's going to be a 28 29 year old receiver uh you know so yeah uh, I'm, a, I'm a sell on Terry McLaurin I packaged him in a, in a league with um Najee Harris and tried to kind of get the uh, the 101 and some stuff so yeah I you know uh I think I also offered McLaurin and Najee for CD Lamb plus a 23 first what do you like there Terry McLaurin Najee Harris or C.D. Lamb in a 23 first? That's... I mean, it's still the Najee-McLaurin side, kind of, right? Oh, man, that's hard. Yeah, I... It's kind of that side, because, I mean, you know, that's, Lamb... That's and, a really... it's a if, if I'm competing right now, yeah, it's probably the Najee side. Of course, right? But that's not bad. Like... I'm I've been skeptical from the very beginning of how long Najee will last even comparatively to the average running back, yeah. which means long term that scares me. But like, I don't even know. I, I think I would tra- trade Terry McLaurin for the first straight up. So, oh, yeah, yeah, that's so like Lamb, it's close, right? That's that's really that's really t- that's a really that's just a good trade. I think it's yeah. a fair trade. Um, if I was a trade calculator, I'd put it at you know even. It's close. I'm, yeah, I'm I think it's a, a little computer, bit the so. other side. I mean, it's it's a tough one. Um, but anyway, it's a uh, it's interesting. I've, I've been trying to find a way to move those two pieces and and return value for a team that I've got them both on. Yeah. Um, I would I, I think I would like to get a little bit of a little bit more from the the Lamb twenty three first side, uh, especially yeah. if it's a it is a good team. I'm trading them to, so it kind of limits my upside too by giving one of my competitors yeah, Najee. I'd much rather give important. Najee to a shit team. And so that's why I, I get I a better first. On that. Right? The little yeah, No, that that that's much. completely fair. It, yeah. it, like if you know that if you're pretty sure that's gonna be a back end first, then I I, I would take the other side. But it's not only that it's a so. back end first, it's also that I'm giving it to a team that could beat me with it's, Najee. Yeah. Right? No, that's that's very fair. Like if it's a um, shitty I, team, yeah, I get the good pick, and I'm giving it to a team that probably can't beat me. So who cares? You yep. here have them. I'm I'm literally expending these two quality players on this team that has no chance. Yeah, that is yeah. something I did not think about well enough last year, and I made a very very bad mistake and traded Cooper Cup to a team that won the championship. There you um, go. This was this was preseason. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone necessarily expected the no. Cooper Cup we ended up getting, but I. Nope. I mean, I got good value, but I also I should have been smarter about where I sent him. But it's, yeah, it's a little bit of dynasty game through one on one. Look at the team you're yeah, sending. No, that's the players yeah. too before you do it. Yeah, if you're really, really making their team perfect, well, you might want to. Unless you're not competing, then who really gives a shit? Oh well, yeah, you know? then but it anyway. doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah. Um, 
All right. So last but not least, we have the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Who? Um, uh, the Philadelphia Stars of the USFL. Never um, yeah, they actually their game got moved back an hour because of rain. So um, I won't be missing it for this pod, this pod recording, which is perfect. Nice. Um, but the Philadelphia Eagles, um, they have now two first round picks after a trade with the Saints. Uh, which gave them a lot more ammunition for the future and gives them more flexibility, we assume, for the quarterback position, depending on what we see from Jalen Hurts this season. Um, But, you know, they have Jalen Hurts. Dallas Goddard is now the lone tight end going into the season. Um, You've got Devonta Smith and Quez Watkins as the top two wide receivers with Jalen Rager barely hanging on. Um, And Miles Sanders is there, ever-present, if he's not injured. So... Outside of outside of like um you know who you anticipate will be there at whatever it is pick sixteen and nineteen outside yeah. of who you anticipate there, if you could find the perfect player at whatever position it is, what would be your two positions that you would want to fill on this team at pick sixteen and nineteen? Defensive line and cornerback probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, de- like de- specifically defensive end. Um, the Eagles have always been very aggressive in just having a crap ton of defensive linemen. And I mean, they showed why in 2017, that's a large reason why they won the Super Bowl. Um, but it's, you know, Derek Barnett has been a disappointment. Uh, Josh Sweat was a nice surprise, but you know, we're starting to get up there in age and starting to, you know, not have the depth that I think they want to have. So if you can get an impact defensive lineman for sure, and cornerback, if you can get a young guy, like, I don't, I, you know, the more that you know, the closer we get to the draft, the less it feels like some one of the top guys is going to be there, like uh, yeah. Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley. But if you can get yeah. one of them to pair with uh, Darius Slay, yeah, I mean, I mean, th- even that McDuffie. takes you. It ta- I like McDuffie a lot, but I do. Uh, a Washington cornerback kind of scares me. I'm not going to lie. After yeah. uh, Sidney Jones, um, it's stupid, but that's how we in Philadelphia like to think. There's the Clemson um, guy and the Florida guy, Andrew Care, Booth. Elon yeah, I like Andrew Booth. Booth. Um, yep. He's he's falling. It, it just seems like no one's talking about him. About Booth. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But so, regardless, I mean, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So so I, I'm glad that you answered that, and we're, we're going to have that conversation on the on the draft pod. But yeah. you didn't say wide receiver, and and I understand why. I mean, and, because those are other needs, and the defense is kind of a sieve. So without a defense, you're not going to win. You're smart. That's smart. On offense, though, you know your projected starters are Devontae Smith. I've heard of him. He's good. Quez Watkins Very is actually, a, I like Quez. I think he's a I perfect, love Quez. he's a perfect guy to have um, as your wide receiver three, four, five, somewhere in there. Yeah. But right now he's your wide receiver too, because your other wide receiver is Jalen yeah. Rager or Slash JJ Sega Whiteside. If only you get your hands on a guy like DK Metcalf or Justin Jefferson, it would be amazing. But unfortunately, do we have to do this every year, not available. Every, every like couple weeks, actually. Zach Pascal might be your other wide receiver over. Oh, I, I legitimately think he is the wide receiver three. I like, I am yeah. not. I'm not kidding. First of yeah, all, of Nick Sirianni loves that dude. Yeah. One of his favorite dudes in the NFL. I legitimately think that he is the wide receiver three right now. Wide receiver two? I mean, I no. think it... No, I don't think okay. so. I, I, I think Quez Watkins is better than Zach Pascal. I think he offers more. Um, I think if they were to draft a guy, he would take snaps away from Pascal sooner than he takes away from Quez Watkins. Maybe. But I, I like it depends on the minutia of like, you know, Quez played in the slot a decent amount last year. Is that where you want him? Or, you know, is that where Pascal's going to be? Depending yeah, they on draft, they draft Olave. Yeah. Olave is more of a Quez Watkins replacement. Yeah. They draft a- um you know, they draft Burks like as a big yeah. slot guy, and yeah. you have Devonta Smith and uh, Quez Watkins on the outside with speed. Like, yeah, yeah it 
the minutia, what it comes down to is, yep. I think, what exact wide receiver position, but I think Quez is the two there. Yeah, very well, well said. Dallas Goddard's the two, but... Yeah, right, correct, absolutely. Um, and, you know, they, they don't need running back, but it is a running back room where, like, it, you know, they could. <laughs> they don't need one. I, like, I think they'll draft someone. I really do. Yeah, of course, but, at, you know, at what, at what draft capital? Like, if they take a seventh a or a sixth rounder, right? But if they take someone in the third or fourth that could start to threaten, you know, Miles Sanders to some degree. I mean, if they got a Zamir White in the third, which I think, look, Zamir White could go in the fucking first. It's so crazy. I mean, it's possible. It's not probable. But, you know, like, who knows where these guys will go. But, you know, if if they got a a back, you know, Miles Sanders is a sneaky guy who could be really, really hurt by the draft. Um, You know, otherwise. absolutely. You know what I mean, right? I... Miles Sanders has such a large range of outcomes. He yes. reminds me a lot of the conversation we had about Devin Singletary, where like he Agreed. could be a lottery ticket that you trade for right now when he's undervalued, and you could really get paid dividends. Because if Huge. he stays healthy for the whole season, I I, I, I legitimately believe in his talent. I just yep. think he's a really, really good player, yep. but he hasn't been able to showcase it consistently. Um, Agreed. But yeah, I mean, I think they have a solid running back room with Sanders, Gainwell, and Boston Scott's a great backup, man. Like, he's just a a solid football player. Um, But I agree completely. Like, I mean, if I I, I don't think Howie would do it with Miles Sanders on the roster, but if Brees Hall was there in the second round or even like the third, like, I wouldn't be shocked. And Yeah. yeah, that would suck for Miles Sanders. Yes, if yeah, if they if they brought in you know one of the one, you know Kenneth Gain, I mean uh, Kenny Walker, you know then they'd have Kenny G, two Kenny Gs. That'd be that'd, uh, no, Kenny Walker, W Kenny W and Walker. Kenny G. You know I'm you know I have been drinking. Is this is that a problem? Never. Uh, okay, so yeah, I think uh, I think Miles Sanders is one of those that that I agree with you. Huge range of outcomes. I actually put him in the same bucket as the Devin Singletary and Michael Carter. Um, yep. He's not quite as fragile because no, he was a I think second he's, round pick and he's kind he's of like a, a tier above those guys. Yes, but, but it's, it's the same type of like he's not safe, not safe at all, bro. So not safe at all, bro. So, yeah, I think they will add a wide receiver. And if they add a running back, a consequence. So you might want to be careful with Miles Sanders. But here's the thing. Nobody's, you know, lurching out with Miles Sanders right now, which is why in some yeah. ways he's a buy. Because if they don't, yep. you're absolutely right. His ceiling is 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 very high. Uh, where are we going next? East, uh, south. Yeah. Yep. South. This is uh, let's start with. Uh, I think this one will be very quick. The Atlanta Falcons. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They have little to no one on their offense except Cordero Patterson's back, and I think I honestly it feels inconsequential for Dynasty. Like if he's on your roster, great. Don't buy him. Yeah. If you can sell him, great. But you're probably not going to be able to. So just keep him. Hold him. They have who's their quarterback? Oh my god, it's Marcus Mariota, and he has one target, and his name is Kyle Pitts. And oh my god, it's Marcus Mariota. That's, it. that's actually yeah. his name. <laughs> who's our quarterback? Oh my god, it's Marcus Mariota. Um, <laughs> that's I mean, correct. I mean, Marcus Mariota is stricken with you know just conservatism at the quarterback position. That's been his only real flaw is that he's yeah. just afraid to to fucking rip it. Um, if he could just grow some testicles. Uh, Marcus Mariota has the skill set to be a good NFL quarterback. So this is not going to be the optimal uh, situation with, uh, you know, a shit offensive line and 
uh, suboptimal uh, weapons outside of Kyle Pitts for him to start ripping it. Suboptimal is really nice. Thank That's you. That's a really nice way of putting it. Thank you. Uh, they're starting their number one wide receiver right now, I would say, is Auden Tate. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. They signed Auden Tate. Yeah, he is their one. He's Absolutely their one. is. Demir Bird's their field stretcher. That's And Alamade Zacchaeus will take over the Julio Jones role. If this were Madden, like you're looking, like you're scrolling through the roster, and then you stop on wide receiver, and you just see the top number being like a 66 overall. <laughs> that's and exactly you, that, right. That's when you like you, you press the reset button and you do the fantasy draft all over again. <laughs> like that's how I feel right now. Like you that's let the computer 100%. sim, and they forgot to draft wide receivers. That's exactly right. So, you're like fuck. I you just sim this whole season so you can and then trade yep. for all the top picks and take all the wide yep. receivers, and that's what happens next year. That's exactly right. So. That's why they're going to take Garrett Wilson. <laughs> we said that last week, and yeah, like, it just feels, it feels like, like it. I mean, they have to take a wider. I mean, they shouldn't take but a wider also, receiver. But also, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't feel that way because I feel like they have to take one. I just, for some reason, Garrett Wilson wearing a Falcons uniform just seems to make a lot of sense to me. I swear, I would not it, take. The, I don't think I take a wide receiver. In the black, the black shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah the black. I shirt. mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. a good one. I mean, yeah. they, they, honestly, I like their uniforms. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. No, they're fucking dope. Um, but yeah, I picture him in a, in a Falcons uniform as well. I think it's very, very likely they take him. But yeah, they don't have to because it's not like, well, fixed our offense. That's it. Done. Yeah. Uh, they've got some other issues, including that offensive line. They have spent a little yeah, bit of draft a few capital. Issues. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like, I mean, you, you know, yeah, they were they were a turnstile last year, so um, they they need to fix that. Their defense. This is another one of those teams that could be very very bad and in position to take a quarterback one overall yep so if they're going to do that they really need to look at offensive line um if if some way or another one of those two um you know top two tackles fall to them i don't know if charles cross is good enough to pull the trigger at sit at eight um they could also trade the hell out of there it's a ripe spot for a trade, especially yeah. if somehow malik willis is still on the board that like eight to, to 13 range man that's i because I, I think there's going to be a lot of players, and this is better for next week. But like, I think Kyle Hamilton, I think yeah. some of, like some of the offensive linemen, Malik Willis, a cornerback. Like, I think people are going to be desperately trying to trade into that eight to thirteen range. Yeah, so. absolutely. And if you could trade with you know Pittsburgh, get a future first, move back to twenty, like do the uh, the 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 Chicago trade from last year. You know, yeah. that's a great trade for them to get the hell out of there. Um, you know, and and start building some some assets because they need a lot. You have of to assets. know you're nowhere close, right? You have like, to know you're, you're nowhere you, close. Like yeah. we we were talking about the like Dallas isn't a guy guy or two away. Like they're you know a year or two. Like the Falcons like make Dallas look like they have the best roster in NFL history. Like I don't know. Yeah, no, from Dallas, a fantasy perspective, Dallas and, is and there. I, Dallas, yeah, no, they have stars I, everywhere. You know. Yeah, I don't think they're a player away. Like I that that the it's a bad example, but like right. Even Chicago, like I think uh, Chicago's awful. The Houston's awful. Jaguars, All these teams, yeah. Jaguars, the Detroit. Jaguars roster makes Atlanta look. Yes, or Atlanta makes the Jaguars roster looks. Fan- yeah, Detroit, another good. Detroit's one. Detroit's a great one um, because their roster's not awful. Like they've got no, they're not good, but they're not the Falcons. Right, exactly. They um, are a couple impact players away here and there yes. potentially, especially at quarterback and right. Exactly, that's the perfect team. Yeah, where, where Atlanta, you look up and down, you're like, oh no, this doesn't. Look Hi, Kyle. Good. 
That's What's that's that? it. Um, I, hi, Kyle. You're just saying hi to Kyle Pitts. He, you're looking up and down. He's yes. all you see, really. Yeah. Um, I thought someone walked into your room. Like, wait, Kyle Larson visited your your house. Yeah, Kyle Larson blue. in Philly, live on the undrafted. Hi, what? Kyle. He came over for Easter. What a nice surprise. Or he hopped um, into the room and I didn't see him in the in, in the in the you know I was like what what the fuck's going on? Um, but yeah, it's it's Kyle Pitts. Thank God they drafted him last year. I mean, what a fucking. Yeah, real quick from a dynasty perspective, I think it's as simple as if you hold Kyle Pitts or if you have Kyle Pitts, just hold him tightly. Um, If you can pry him away from a team, do it because he's not he's not going to have a good season. Um, And Marcus Mariota, I think, is in kind of that Daniel Jones tier, but lower where I think you can probably steal a couple of starts from him because he still has the rushing ability. Yeah, Um, that's actually the advice here is constantly be trying to trade for Kyle Pitts. Like, yeah, honestly, in yeah, all of your all, dynasty leagues, just it. keep trying to do that, you know, and, you know, um, it, it, I still think taking, you know, Javante and Najee and ETN and Chase ahead of Pitts was the right move. I still feel that way, even though I think I said it, I think Pitts is going to be great, but I still don't think that, you know, he was worth taking that high because again, you wouldn't take him in the first round of a startup anyway, or some people do, I guess. I don't know. I just don't, I, maybe he's that. Some pe- if it's tight end premium, some for people sure. do Tight end premium is a whole different thing. You know, I took him at I mean, 102 yeah, in a tight end premium. Kind of shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah, yeah. tight end um, premium is different. You know, of course, that changes the calculus because now a tight end is the highest scoring player in the league. And sometimes, I mean, especially if it's a full point, like if it's PPR yeah. and it's two X for the tight end, these tight ends score fucking unbelievable amounts of points. So yeah, it's, a, the, only, it's the only thing, the only thing you need to know about the Falcons is Kyle Pitts complimentary analog analogous or <laughs> yeah, whatever sure, it is. Exactly. Um, whatever the fuck that meant. I still don't uh, know what that meant. So. No, still no clue what it means. Moving it's fine, on. No. It, uh, uh, the Carolina Panthers. Oh, uh, there are rumors that he they will be trading for Baker Mayfield. There were also rumors that they, they weren't going to. Um, so I guess where we're at is maybe they will trade for Baker Mayfield. Robbie yeah. Anderson does Robbie, not want that to happen, say which is the, he hysterical. Um, yeah. I love it. I love Robbie Anderson. I will never get over him not understanding what's going on with the Panthers mascot. I don't know if you remember that on Twitter, yeah. but that was yeah, that fantastic. Was Just a great guy. Uh, Temple grad. Uh, hashtag Temple tough. Um, actually, I don't know if he graduated, to be fair. Probably not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, DJ Moore. I love him. I love DJ Moore. I know you do yes. too. Yep. He's so talented. Yes. Um, I'm still holding out hope that having maybe a full season of Sam Darnold hyper targeting him will turn into some sort of fantasy success. Um, but I'm not holding my breath for it. Uh, yeah. I wish I, I wish there was more to say, honestly. Um, I think the biggest question I have for you is Christian McCaffrey, are you what are you doing with him? Like, is he still hands down like the second best running back in the league from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and are you treating hold, him as such? He still holds, put it this way. He still holds the highest ceiling of any player in the NFL for fantasy purposes, right? Because of the way that he's utilized in both the run game and the pass game. If this is an interesting team, because right now, if you look at their quarterback depth chart, it's Sam Darnold and PJ Walker. That's a major fucking problem. But and, you know where PJ Walker was from? Yeah, of course, man. XFL uh, baby. Yeah, also five eleven. He was throwing fucking deep dimes. It was awesome. And then he gets in the NFL and he was fucking absolute garbage. I have PJ Walker all over the place because of that prolific USFL season or whatever and XFL, whatever goddamn stupid league it was. Um, I don't pay any attention except I saw this little dude throwing fucking bombs everywhere. Come back wins. Did. 
putting up 60 points and I was mesmerized and I took him late in all these dynasty drafts and have to release him now. Um, but yeah, th- there's a problem with that, with that quarterback room and how do they fix it? <laughs> I mean, it, if their fix question. is Baker Mayfield, it's just fucking hilarious. I think, I think it's hilarious. It's the, it's the same thing year after year. It's, it's hilarious, I, isn't it? Yeah. It, I, no, because I like DJ Moore. It's not funny. Correct. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's funny at all, actually. It makes yeah. it. I don't think any single player in the NFL, when thinking about their dynasty and fantasy football outlook, makes me more depressed than thinking about DJ Moore. Agreed. Because I love him dearly. Yep. I have from day one. Yep. And God, every time he touches the ball, you're like, wow, he's so good. Yes. But the best quarterback he's ever had was Cam Newton in his last year of relevancy. Yeah. Awful That's Cam so Newton sad. was his best yeah. quarterback. That's right. Yeah. Oh, no, God. it's bad. And, you know, I don't know that that's really it, man. I love DJ Moore. Um, the, the rest of their wide receiver group is questionable. You know, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, boy, oh boy, he better do something right away here <laughs> or, you know, he's going to become, you know, uh, Jalen Rager pretty quick. And, you know, they, they paid Ian Thomas to stay, stick around. I, I don't know, man. They don't have a tight. I don't know, man. This team is, is not all that good. They need to do something in the draft. They're they're sitting at six, right? And they're talking about taking, you know, Andy Dalton or Kenny Pickett there. Nice. Or Malik Willis. And Malik Willis is a is a scary proposition too, because he's proven nothing in terms of, you know, his ability to be an NFL quarterback, read and react, yep. you know, see it and throw it type of player. I mean, he's an amazing athlete with extreme gifts. Um, but other than that, it's scary. So Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G. Yeah, I, that that won't happen until after the draft, though, because of the injury. Like, but, and even if that happens, I, I, I'd I be promise all in. That, that'd, I, be the, that'd be the play. See, I I've promised myself that I will not be all in until they have a legitimate, like a legit quarterback. Yeah, Jimmy Graham bad. is just one level below that. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy. Um, yeah. where I'll be happy that it's not Sam Darnold, but I will yep. not be all in on DJ Moore top ten season type thing. No, no, no. But uh, I, I think, think it'll be an upgrade. But like, yeah, I think that's Jimmy Graham really get like him more the than four best touchdowns. Option they could find though. Oh yeah, it's it's just a very low bar. Shit, I forgot. Um, Jordan Love's available. They could no, just shut up. What? We're moving on. Okay, the Saints. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing Jordan Love. Not twice in the same podcast. Um, it's available. The, the New Orleans Saints, uh, they make a big trade to acquire another first-round pick uh, yeah. in this draft this year. Uh, they have trade. they have like nine quarterbacks, I'm pretty sure. They have Jameis Winston. They have Taysom Hill, who's actually a tight end again. They have Andy Dalton. And they have a dude that they drafted last year whose name is completely escaping me. Ian Book, probably doesn't he's matter. fucking Thank terrible. You, Ian Book. Ian Book yeah, is so. like Jordan Love. Just fucking never should have been drafted. Except, you know, like three rounds of a difference there, which is, the, you know, yes. fine, whatever. If you're telling me a fourth round pick quarterback was bad, fine. Yes. Uh, the Eagles drafted Clayton Thorson. Well, Jordan Love is a fourth round, a fourth round quarterback, game, too. So. Jordan Love is a fourth round quarterback drafted in the first. And That's here we all. are doing yes. Jordan Love again. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I, I think the Saints, again, are kind of simple. Like Michael Thomas, I think, is a massive value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like if Jameis, if they draft a rookie quarterback, I'm a little more scared. But if Jameis Winston is out there, I think Michael Thomas is just a great value. Um, and I think that's kind of where the value ends on this team. I obviously, I love Adam Troutman. I've said that a billion times. Yeah. But with Taysom Hill moving back to tight end full time, you know, I want to believe, but, you know, 
Adam Troutman's still nothing better than a, you know, a late round dart throw at this point until he proves otherwise. So outside of Michael Thomas, obviously they have Traycon Smith and obviously Cal- Alvin Kamara's there. Um, I just don't know if I'm overly interested in any of them. Like I know. Not to a set, like, yeah, I mean, Traquan Smith's probably worth a dart throw of a late round pick and a startup, but like, I, I just don't know if he's ever really going to be something with this team that I'm not convinced knows what they're doing with their next step yet. And yeah. if they get a rookie quarterback, forget about it. Like, it's not going to be Traquan Smith, not in any way that you can ever start him anyway. Best ball's a different story, but yeah. yeah Do you disagree I, with that? No, I think you're right. It's interesting because like, Jameis. You know, I don't know. I mean, is he even going to be back? Like, on he's, time? There's, I mean, uh, I think so. I, I believe the, I believe as far as I know that he is expected to be fine for week one. For week one. It's yeah. interesting. I'm because, probably I mean, training camp, but yeah. You know, with Michael Thomas and with Alvin Kamara and maybe a few things around him, I don't know if that's what they're thinking. I don't know if they traded that pick. I don't know why they traded for that pick so soon. Like, it's, they're just they're fucking aggressive, man. The it's Saints. stupidly aggressive, honestly. Stupidly like, aggressive. Howie Howie took advantage of him, and, and so I, much. The way the way I broke down this trade, being an Eagles fan, is one of two one of two things. Like, either the Saints think that they are one or two like difference makers, or one difference maker that they need to trade up for away from competing, or they're in love with one of the quarterbacks in this draft and can't wait until next year. Both right. of which don't make a ton of sense to me. Considering what they had to give up to grab that first round pick before the draft. It may, it reminds me a lot of when the Eagles traded for the eighth overall pick in the Carson Wentz year. They traded up to eight, and then right before the draft, they traded up to two. Like they, right. they took a half step first because of the value, but the Saint the Saints overpaid for yes. what they ended up getting. Like history tells us that a mid round for a mid first round pick should not be worth that much. Right. No, I agree with you hundred percent. I didn't like the trade at all. Uh, for the Saints, loved it for the Eagles. I tweeted that right away. Go but birds. it does it does beg the question, like, why did they do that, right? Or like, are they what the hell are they doing? Like, um, I love how uh, right now on the on the depth chart, if you look at the depth chart, uh, they have Taysom Hill as their tight end one and Troutman as their tight end two, which I think is just fucking Idiots. hysterical. It's hysterical, um, based solely on the salary, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, you know, Kamara is a bit of a sell, of course, but the problem with Kamara is that he had a down season last year too. So nobody's willing to pay for Kamara. So he, I mean, in some ways and he, he might have a buy. suspension coming. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. I, everyone seems to forget about that. And I get yes. why, because nothing has come of it yet, right. but I do believe he is. I think it's like later this year, uh, later this month, he has to like go into court or whatever mm. it is, but a suspension is likely going to be coming this season for yeah. Kamara. I don't know how many games, but. Yeah, I mean, Kamara is a sell for me. I don't even care if I get, you know, 75 cents to the dollar. Yeah. I mean, I have no shares. I have no cares because I've never been in on him in Dynasty, uh, which is not always the correct choice, obviously. No. But yeah. um, I am very thankful right now that I don't. I, I would have sold him last year because Drew Brees peppered him with targets. with Alvin Kamara on my roster. So I will tell you, he's been f- fruitful. But yes, very I'm much now so. starting to you know, wonder what's left there. Um, you know, look, he's always been what, you know, the whole, the old joke with the 81 catches three years straight or whatever, you know, obviously yeah. he's been tied to that receiving production. He's and never then, had a thousand yard rushing. Exactly. And then huge touchdown variants in that one season where he was the, you know, the, 
you know, it's fantasy what, five, MVP. Six in one game. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, yeah, he's a sell. This team is is very interesting to see what they what they do with their first round picks. because uh, they could sort of eviscerate the Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith all in one pick. Yep. You know, they take Garrett Wilson to go along with Michael Thomas. It's like, dude, that's it. That's Over. the fucking that's the yeah. <laughs> that's the 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 deal. And you guys are nobodies. But if they just don't go to wide receiver, then all of a sudden this offense, if they, you know, could be something else. So, yeah, I I don't know what to make of this team. I'm completely confused by the New Orleans Saints. I got to be honest. I have no fucking clue what they're doing. I have no clue. No, I, I, I and that's why I think basically <laughs> I no what idea. we summed it up is the right thing. Like, I think Michael Thomas is a good value because he's crazy undervalued. Yeah. Past that, I, I don't want to do anything because I don't know what to think about them. Um, exactly. Yeah, I've got I've got no opinion on this on this team. It, it ha- has me completely vexed. The next team, however, though, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I see that one opposite. pretty clear. That one plays itself. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I don't even think we have to spend a lot of time on this. No. Tom Brady's going to play until he doesn't want to play, I guess. So you know that it's a year-to-year thing in Dynasty. Mike Evans is Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, when he comes back, is probably going to be Chris Godwin again. And I guess it looks like Mohamed Sanu is jumping into the Antonio Brown role, but probably to a lesser extent, which no. is Russell Gage. Oh, sorry. I, that's what I meant. Russell Gage and Mohamed Sanu are the same people to me. That's, um, that's crazy. I knew you didn't mean. Mohamed yeah, no, Sanu. I didn't. I but didn't. Russell Gage um, is actually the huge value right now because yes, Chris Godwin yep. tore his ACL late in the season. Mike yep. Evans, you're right. Quote unquote is Mike Evans. And they do have. You know, uh, that the Cyril Grayson, who did some fun things and Tyler Johnson, who we all love and Scotty Miller and all these guys that have done Jack squat. But, you know, Russell Gage uh, has only gotten better and better. They paid him the money. I think he's there to be um, the Chris Godwin until Chris Godwin gets back. And then probably that's their three wide receiver set. So maybe this you know, one of these other shit bags that I just mentioned, Brashad Perryman or one of these guys behind them moves into the starting lineup. But I think it's Evans and Russell Gage as the, um, as the primary weapons. And, you know, I think I heard someone say it, it might've been, uh, you know, might've been Matt Kelly, but he was talking about how, you know, every, you know, right now, Russell Gage is like free 99 and yet he's going to be like 50% owned in DFS in week one. And it's true. Yep, It's true. It's going to be, he's going to be, in every single uh, week one DFS lineup because like, wait, who the fuck is Tom Brady throwing to? Oh, Russell Gage. So absolutely buy low Russell Gage right now um, because, yeah, he's going to be he's probably going to have 10, 12 targets a game for, you know, four or five games to start the season. Book it. Yeah. And I think at the, you know, um, tight end, who knows? We I don't think we're going to know until Gronk does something. Um, but I say outside of, I, I think he probably does, too. But, yeah. you know, who knows? Right now he's um, partying. You know, he's yeah, he's, exactly. He's taking his time. No one, he's no one hanging cares. out with his hot girlfriend, doing Instagram and TikToks and shit. But he's yep. staying in shape. He'll be ready to go. Hopefully, he's taking care of his body. You might just want to skip training camp, honestly. Fuck I don't yeah, dude. Yeah, I, honestly, he's a week one guy. Just fucking roll in with his backpack on a skateboard and his fucking sunglasses and be like, "Yo, I'm here to play." That's fucking Gronk. Just show up and do it. I'll be there when I'm there. Just trust me. Otherwise, yeah. get Cameron Brait ready in case I hurt myself. Yeah. True. Um, and at running back, I think Leonard Fournette, I, I think it's kind of just, you know, hold the line with him. He's going to have value as long as he's there and Tom Brady's there because Brady isn't afraid to check down to him seemingly a thousand times a season. Um, and I think Keyshawn Vaughn is probably worth a dart throw either yes. late in start because he's the primary backup. And I, I think he showed some stuff late in the season and 
you know, I Leonard Fournette may or may not play the whole, and most running backs don't play the whole season. So right. I, I'm intrigued by uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Obviously, who knows what's going to happen in the draft? Uh, it might He's, not matter, but you said it. Um, yeah, because it yeah. depends on whether or not they do anything in the draft that running back, but yep. they probably shouldn't. You know what I mean? So they shouldn't do something in the, uh, you know, at running back. They probably should take a guard, you know, of if, if Zion Johnson yeah. or Kenyon Green are there. That's who they should be picking uh, to shore up that offensive line in front of. Um, Tom Brady, and you're right, Leonard Fournette. I was going to ask you a question on Leonard Fournette, and I will in a moment. But it. if 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 Fournette gets hurt, you're right. Keyshawn Vaughn is sort of the the next guy up. I mean, I suppose it's possible they could make some sort of trade, sign a free agent. It's still not certainly Keyshawn Vaughn, but it certainly could be. So anyway, Leonard Fournette. You know, at one point was if we go back in time, he was the 1.01. He was the Saquon Barkley. Uh, Jonathan Taylor of his draft class. Everybody was was gushing over him. And somehow his brand took a huge hit after the Jacksonville release. And since then, it hasn't really come back. Yet he's been really fucking good. He just signed another contract to, to stay with Tampa Bay. Why, you know... Uh, you know, he, you probably want him more than Zeke, right? In Dynasty? Oh, yeah, I would take him over Zeke. Right. So, I mean, um, just how yeah. high do you think we should be ranking, um, you know, Leonard Fournette right now? I mean, that is what I'm getting at. Like in Dynasty, let's let's look let's look at our Dynasty rankings because I think Leonard Fournette is grossly you have him, underrated. You you have him behind. You have him at 18. Yeah. Uh, on the web. So you have him uh, behind Ezekiel Elliott, one spot ahead of David Montgomery, and one spot behind Derrick Henry. Um, I mean, I think I think that's the right tier. It's the, I mean, regardless of how I feel overall about your rankings, I think in that tier around guys like Derrick Henry and Zeke Elliott, uh, even Aaron Jones to a certain extent, like I, I think it's somewhere around there because I think so much of his value is dependent on a 45 year old quarterback. And that's the scary part. And also that we've just seen him be so inefficient before. And yeah, I, I mean, I think the fact of the matter is if he's, if he's there and Tom Brady's there, he's going to be great for dynasty. He's going to be great for fantasy as long as he's healthy, but all it takes is Tom Brady to announce his retirement. And I think his stock can go to zero that quickly because yeah, I, I think mean, so uh-huh. much of his value is dependent on just getting, you know, checkdowns from Tom. Le- Leonard Fournette is the running back 22 in keep trade cut. I had him at running back 18. Uh, I'm the second highest, basically the highest yeah. undroppables ranker on Leonard Fournette. I just think like, you know, I don't know, man, you know, this year, 2022, who would you rather have Leonard Fournette or Antonio Gibson this year? 22. Oh, Leonard Fournette. Right. So it's like, yep. well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, then it, 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 it's it's just running back and the way we view running back to maybe the most extreme because we saw his career end. Yeah. We legitimately saw his career end. And now it's very hard to admit that his career is not over over, but he's still 27. Um, we've seen him be insanely inefficient. We've seen him just not be good at the NFL level. And now he just happens to be on an offense with the greatest player of all time. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's hard not, you know, on a year-to-year basis, it's hard not to just know how valuable he is. But I mean, you um, may be a little bit, uh, I don't know if Russell Gage is the best player of all time, but 
Oh, you meant Tom yeah, Brady. Uh, no, never mind. That's fair, yeah. I was actually talking about Tyler Johnson, but it's fine. <laughs> Tyler um, Johnson, same exactly. thing. So, yeah, th- th- I think this team plays itself. I mean, I think they're they're definitely uh, – Leonard Fournette is the Tom Brady security blanket. They'll yep. spell him with someone else. I think if they actually – if they draft someone, it'll be a sort of a Ronald Jones replacement, some sort of, you know, you know – Like a banger? First and second down. Yeah, like yeah, like one of the bigger backs, you know, even a – you know, Haskins, you know, Hassan Haskins type of player, yeah. you know, a, you know, Keontae Ingram, someone with a little bit of a body that can actually just run between the tackles. So I don't think they'll be looking to uh, early in the draft for place. I mean, you know, a lot of people even mentioned uh, Brees Hall for them. No, late I, in the first I don't, I don't, I don't I think, think that's so. nonsense and, a, and an awful pick, um, yeah. you know, for, for what they need, you know, anyway, I agree. Moving on. Uh, yeah. So last, last division, final four teams, NFC West. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think they're all interesting to their own degree, but uh, let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyler Murray may or may not be their quarterback. I think most expect him to be their quarterback, but yeah. apparently they like haven't had any contract negotiations. Um, it's very awkward. It's very uncomfortable. It kind of sucks, but you know, I, there's not a lot we can say or do or know about until something happens. So I'm operating as if he's going to be their franchise quarterback because I think in the end of the day, they'll figure something out. Yeah. Um, but that bears the question of, you know, wide receiver. It's DeAndre Hopkins, it's Rondell Moore, and then it's basically no one. They signed um, AJ Green back. Oh, did they? I yeah. missed that. I was about, yeah. I was literally about to say, they wait did. for I AJ saw Green to get resigned. It slid but... down the bottom of the scroll one day. <laughs> yeah, it's not. That, yeah, it must... It's interesting. Um, it's interesting. But yeah, it's, it is it is thin. I missed that completely. It's thin. Because you're right, it's Hopkins, Rondell Moore, and like that's it. So now, okay, AJ Green comes back for one year. So now you got Green and Hopkins on the outside, Moore on the middle, and then like literally behind that, it's like Antoine Wesley and Andy yep. Isabella and fucking nothing. So this it's is a, a team yeah, that nothing. could certainly target a wide receiver in the draft at some point, even if it's you know two, rounds two, three, four, five. You know, right at some point yep. they might even double dip. They might take a couple of picks at I wide think receiver. They will right. Um, they've got other needs. This team is a interesting yeah, team because do. there's a lot of talent here and there, but it's, it's not everywhere. So um, yeah, the, their defense, you know, a lot of name brand players on that defense yet. A lot of linebackers, yeah. a lot of first round linebackers. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, Isaiah Simmons, Zaven Collins, and yep. you know, yeah, there's some, there's some good players. Uh, JJ Watt is playing there. Um, yep. you know, so we'll see how, how that team is able to help themselves on defense. Uh, Buda Baker obviously is a great player. Yeah. So, you know, they've got some good players there. I think they probably need a little bit of help, uh, in the secondary. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting team. I would imagine they'll go, defense uh as they're but yeah they, they need a wide receiver i, th- I too. think they go wide receiver in the first round honestly That'd be cool um just because they've they've spent a lot of their for, uh first round picks lately on defense yeah um and i yeah. kind of just feel like they're gonna go offense um if not in the first round i think they'll do it in the second round i think they need a wide receiver they do and need i think receiver. running back i they mean need running back i think too well yeah yeah um, and I think running back can be a, you know, it, it can be interesting depending on who ends up going there. Because uh, right now it's, it's it's James Connor and it's no one else. I don't. Do you, think. do you know what? Do you know what I hear ourselves saying though? As we start to dissect this team, hmm. I hear ourselves saying that if DeAndre Hopkins stays healthy, he's going to see oh, like yeah. 180 targets. He's back to yeah. He's back to what he did with the Texans, which the the staying healthy part is the you know the big caveat. But I I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is. I, I, he might honestly he might be a good value in dynasty right yeah. now 
Um, he's st- I think he's still basically who he's always been. He yeah. was just banged up last year. When he yes. was out there, he produced, and the team is better with him out there, which I think basically says all you need to know about him. So and You know you know what? If they draft a wide receiver, he's an even better buy. Yep. Yeah, because a rookie, like, oh, a rookie no, wide receiver yeah. is not going to no. take everything, and neither is Rondell Moore. Like, no, no. I, I like Rondell Moore as a player, but I'm not convinced that he is um, good. Good for fantasy. Yeah. Or good. In like, the I'm not convinced he'll ever consistently be, you know, a fantasy player so much as what he's going to be able to do for the team as a whole. You know, the other player that uh, in Arizona that got a contract and who surprised a lot of people with his play down the stretch last year is Zach Ertz. And I think yep. they see him as an integral part of this offense. And I yep. think, you know, if I'm ranking for redraft, I think Zach Ertz might be a top six uh, tight end in redraft. Now, he's, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I think I think he I think he is hands down. I, right? He, he's not he's not cooked. He, he truly is not cooked like people thought he was back in 2020 because no. the offense as a whole was broken. Well, um, they wouldn't give a cook player that kind of contract too, so I don't well, think exa- they think so because he proved he wasn't like. Right. The, the Cardinals, they've been searching for consistency at that position because it is so important for a young quarterback, in my opinion, to yeah. have a tight end like that. Um, like I was I, I did a, the podcast I did with um, Ashley on Playbook before free agency. I was, you know, every team that had a young quarterback, I was like Zach Ertz, like the Chargers, Zach Ertz, right. the Bengals. Zach Ertz, like he can be so important to that offense. I think he's probably the number two receiving option um, because I, I, I no just doubt he is. Yeah, I mean, like no he has the record for most receptions by a tight end in a season for a reason. Yeah, he's, there's no doubt he's the, the number yeah. two option here. There's no doubt. And so Zach Ertz is a, is an easy buy low in, in Dynasty yep. because you can easily say, oh, you know, he's he's aged and all the rest of it. But, you know, you can probably get him for a very low cost and have a very high impact, uh, you know, 2022 because of it. So, yeah, Absolutely. I think he's a great buy in Dynasty. Um, you know, how, how, how long are you playing for in the future in dynasty? You know, everybody, you know, five years down the road, who the fuck knows what's going to happen in two years, let alone five. So, yeah. Um, and I think e- even after he stops being a top five tight end in dynasty or fantasy, he's still going to be Jason Witten. Maybe look, like, he might, he might retire next year. It doesn't fucking matter. If you can get a top yeah. six tight end this year, it's worth, you know, moving in for him a little bit. So yeah, yeah, I think, I think he's a buy the other, the other player that I have been targeting in um, best ball uh, is Eno Benjamin. Um, You know, James Connor is there now. um, Chase Edmonds is gone. They probably or might draft a running back. We just mentioned they have a lot of other needs. So maybe I I think they're going to draft a running back at some point. I don't disagree, but they might be, you know, compelled to, to fill some other holes first, they might not get around to it. The the guy they want might go. Who you know, right? Now they could take a running back, but if they for some reason don't, or if they take a running back only after you know into day three, uh, Eno Benjamin could easily be the backup running back to James Conner, who was eternally injured for his entire career outside yeah. of last year, and so it's more likely that he sustains more lower body injuries as he has his entire career then he doesn't. So I think Eno Benjamin has some upside especially in best ball. Love him there, but also in in dynasties free 99, man. You can probably he's on your waivers in some leagues. Yep. So 
grab Eno Benjamin, stash him, and see what happens uh, after the draft because he's very inexpensive. James Conner, man, he he could also have a, another huge year. He, you know, Zach Ertz and I mean, James I think Conner. he's probably Ooh. I think he's probably a first round pick in redraft, if not first <laughs> round. He's probably like an early second rounder. Like you're not wrong, man. It's no, crazy. no running. I mean, we've, we, we've I've said it a couple times. No running back plays 17 games, no. so he's gonna get so many opportunities. Yeah. Like they they he uh, Cliff loves running it down the middle when he gets in the red zone. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's your, uh, there's your, uh, you know, Deandre Hopkins, you know, the right now the target share just looks like the moon, uh, health would be the only thing you're betting on in, in, in making a trade for him and Zach Ertz very, very sneaky stash right now. So lots of cool things here in Arizona to keep your eye on. Um, yeah. So moving on, we have the defending, uh, Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. Fuck them. Um, yeah. And not, yeah. So. Not a ton of change here. I, I mean, obviously, I think the biggest thing is Allen Robinson, the yeah. addition of Allen Robinson, uh, the departure of Robert Woods, and the question marks around Odell Beckham, who right now I believe is still technically a free agent. Yep, he sure um, is. Even though he's, I, I think he'll just be signed after the draft, most likely. Um, probably. You know, pending, obviously, who gets drafted where. But, you know, Cooper Cup is still probably the first wide receiver off the board in redraft leagues. Um, Matt Stafford signed an extension which kind of just puts him in a safety net for a couple years for dynasty. And uh, what do you, what do you think of the Allen Robinson? Well, I don't know why they would ever bring in a guy like Allen Robinson or even consider drafting a guy. I mean, excuse me, uh, bringing in back Odell Beckham when you have Tutu Atwell. Wait, what? Also notes from the green room, Tutu Atwell. Not good. So yeah, I love it. I love Allen Robinson here, man. You know, he's another buy low because I think he, you know, I, I, I threw him into a trade recently that I liked um, when I was making some moves and I just sort of Allen Rob- it was a big it was a big dog move back and forth a lot of like big pieces and the Allen Robinson was the sweetener and for me it's like he could be a top 10 wide receiver so you know it, yeah. in 2022 you know he has huge yeah, upside yeah. with Matt Stafford so in dynasty you know his brand has been so sullied and nobody's yet seen him in that uniform nobody's yet seen him in that offense nobody's yet seen it happen and he's he's the wide receiver too. There, it is no doubt about yep. it. It's Cup and Allen Robinson. You know, Van, he's he's definitely the number two over Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson will you know run those clear out routes for for them for, for those two other receivers. And then yeah, I think you might be right. I think Od- Odell Beckham will be back. Um, we'll see, right? I mean, who but knows? But he won't be healthy to start the season, so so it won't it matter. Might- not yeah, from a fantasy perspective, it probably won't matter. Right. Yeah. Um, so maybe he will sign a sort of a you know uh, uh, get better, see around the playoffs type of type of contract. You know, one year. Who knows? I don't know. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I love Allen Robinson there. Cooper Cup, obviously, the the synergy that he and Matthew Stafford have is pretty special. Actually, it's pretty cool. Breakfast. Yeah, it's really awesome. So that's really really neat stuff. Um, you know. Cam Akers, I tweeted something. You did. You didn't realize how much people hated him. Yeah, it was crazy, right? But I, I tweeted this thing about this one team. I have like, I was just looking at my team. And I was like, I had um, JT, Najee, and Javante, and I was like, fuck, I have the top three running backs in the NFL. Like, and it was in the two years in a row I had drafted JT and Akers, then Najee and Javante, and all of a sudden this team is like, it was an orphan. I took over. I was like, well, this fucking team might be good here. Um, and I posted the the running back room, and I was like, look at this fucking running. And I have Elijah Mitchell, of course. I did see and that, I, yeah. 
And I was like, look at this running back room. And the majority of the responses from the, from the, you know, the walking dead was fucking acres is stupid. And I was like, it really, I didn't know. Like, I guess like, I thought it was maybe a little overvalued. I can see that part. And then, he, you know, undervalued, but like the fact that people just think that he's trash is I find interesting. I, I did, yeah. did you agree or, I mean, no, I mean, I, I honestly, I think he would have been, he would have been better for his dynasty stock to not come back this season. Right. I, I think people just got really scared off, but cause at least when he's not back, it's that feeling of, you know, almost like a mystery box where you don't fully know what's in it, whatever. But we saw him come back and regardless of the logic behind how much better he might be three months from now, we saw him come back and we saw him be, he wasn't good. It, the first game was good. After that, it was really bad. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter what the logic is of like, was the offensive line's fault? Was it the offense? You know, will he be better three months removed from playing football again, as opposed to, you know, right after uh, his first game back or whatever. Um, It just, you know, it didn't help. It it did not help to see him on a field and see him not be good, which he wasn't. So. Yeah. um, You know, obviously the, uh, you know, I don't know. He wasn't great, but at the same time, uh, the whole team wasn't very good uh, running the football, especially against Tampa Bay. I mean, they did play some tough run defenses. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, was the one that really hurt him. He was 24 yeah. for 48. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think he's going to be fine. I, I just think he's going to be fine. I, I don't, I don't think he was very good in the playoffs and that does hurt uh, yeah. his, his, uh, his value, but I don't think he's garbage. I just don't. I mean, no, I don't, I don't think he's garbage either. I think it just, you know, I think that's why I think that's, what's affecting his value. I think if he had not returned, I think his value would probably be high right now. Yeah. Because there's still a sense of like, Oh, we don't know what's going to happen now. You know, regardless of whether or not we do, we might feel a little bit more like we know what's going to happen. Yeah. He still has top five overall running back upside in this offense. Um, you know, they're, they're also a team that, you know, could stand to upgrade that offensive line. They played really well, but they lost, uh, yep. what's his name? The old man at left Whitworth. tackle. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they, they could probably use some, some, some offensive linemen. Um, cause I don't think they signed anybody either, uh, of no. note. Um, no, they didn't. Yeah. So th- th- that's a, you know, they, they overachieved last year. They played real well as a unit. They have some just sort of like, um, you know, mid round picks that fired. So that's pretty good, but yeah. they, they could use some, some help on that offensive line. Uh, moving on though. I think, um, you know, that's about it. I, they're sort of a solved equation because they've got nobody oh, yeah. coming in uh, that could take them away. Cause of course they don't have any picks because they traded yep. them all for all their dope players. So this is an easy one. It's a very consolidated uh, situation. It's, it's, it's uh, Stafford, by the way, could have a huge year again. I mean, uh, you know, so it's Stafford to the moon with cup and Allen Robinson. And, and again, I think cam makers has a big season. So mark it down. So moving on second to last, we've got the San Francisco 49ers um, who, again, I mean, it's, there's not a ton. The the biggest change is going to be Trey Lance. And we don't fully know what's going on with that situation. I mean, they haven't ruled out Jimmy Graham being on the roster for week one. And if he's on the roster for week one, there is no guarantee that he's not the starting quarterback. (laughs) So, I mean, past that, you know, will they draft a running back most likely? And then at what point do we think, okay, how does that affect Elijah Mitchell? Bingo. Um, But everyone else, you know, it's Debo, it's George Kittle, and it's... uh, Ayuk. Thank you. Brandon Ayuk. Um, yep. I mean, are you in on Debo being a top five fantasy dynasty wide receiver? 
not really. I mean, I, I'm I'm very I love Debo. Just I think I've said it multiple times. I'll say it one more time, just as a disclaimer. Debo Samuel and George Kittle are two of my favorite players in the NFL. Like I fucking love them. But when it talks about you know dynasty value, I'm definitely nervous about Debo. Not because I don't think he's a good player or that something's going to fade in his talent or anything like that. Just his usage gets him injured. Um, you know, he's yeah. used in a lot of high high contact situations. You know, running the football. You know. Uh, uh, jet sweeps, screens, things where they just want to get the ball in his hand and let him fuck people up because that's what he does. But yeah, he takes on a lot of contact and you saw in the playoffs, man, he limped off the field a few times, just fucking breathing heavy and just grimacing. And you're like, dude, this dude is the greatest ever. Like I love him, but that's not great for your, for your dynasty team. So I would be more skeptical of him. If I can get top five value, uh, I'm moving him. So I, I love watching him play. I love, having him on my uh, fantasy team because it's fun, but it's not necessarily smart. So yeah, I'm a little bit skeptical there. Um, In terms of the, the Trey Lance situation, that's, that's another one that's going to be interesting. I think Trey Lance, as I've said a million times with guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields, if they hit as a real quarterback, they smash as a fantasy quarterback. Same thing I said about Malik Willis. If he's at, if he hits as a, as an NFL quarterback, he will smash as a fantasy quarterback. So, yep. That being said, though, Elijah Mitchell, you said it, man. Er, Everybody knows I love Elijah Mitchell. And I have been shouting about Elijah Mitchell since early uh, last offseason before he was drafted. And uh, so I love him as a player. But he is a fragile dynasty asset as well because you're right. If they draft a running back, and they've proven they drafted Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round, and he became the starter. So... Any sort of capital, third, fourth, fifth round, if they, for whatever reason, like that dude better than Elijah Mitchell, they've got nothing holding them to Elijah Mitchell other than Elijah Mitchell's good. That's not yep. a lot. No, it's. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. It's it's not enough a no, lot of times. Nope. Um. So be yeah, careful. Yeah, I mean, it it's it's Trey Lance. You know, just hope and pray that he's good and. I mean, hopefully he can just elevate this entire offense, but a lot of it is going to come down to who's their quarterback and how do they look. Um, it's interesting because I listen to a lot of dyna- uh, excuse me, fantasy analysts, and most of the people I respect the most have uh, feel like the is Trey Lance going to be good or not is like solved. They're like, yeah, fuck yeah, he's gonna like everybody's like picking him in the first round of dynasty startups and shit. I'm not saying he's not. Are we, are we sure? Are you sure? No, I'm not. I'm not I mean, sure. we, haven't, we haven't seen it. Like, it, I think it's dumb to say you're sure because we yeah. haven't seen it. I'm so like, I don't know. Like I, I'm ready for him to be like, if you told me in three years, he's like Josh Allen and he's obviously one of the best three quarterbacks in the league. I'd be like, Oh yeah, that tracks. If you told me in three years, he's out of the league and just couldn't do it. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I'm completely open to either side of this thing. I'm not saying like I have a strong opinion either way. I'm just like, I'm sort of middle of the fence with him, which necessarily means I don't have very many uh, shares of, of Trey Lance. I do have a couple and it's like, I'm just like, I guess I hope he's good or whatever. Yep, <laughs> like, I'm like, just, I don't know. You're sitting, you're sitting on him and hoping. There's 100%. nothing else you can do right now. Drafted so. him in the rookie draft, sitting yep. on him and hoping. That's it. Yes, just like that. Um, so, if last I had, but not, oh. if I had one, if I had one team and he was and and it was only Trey, like one league, and I had Trey yeah. Lance, I'd probably trade him. I'd trade him away. It's fair. It's because you're going to get good value for him because yeah. we don't know yet. That's, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um. 
Last but not least, a team that does not have a quarterback, most likely, uh, the Seattle Seahawks traded away Russell Wilson. Um, there's rumors of trading away DK Metcalf, but for now, he's still there with Tyler Lockett. Yep. They have Chris Carson. They brought back Rashad Penny um, at running back, and uh, they got Noah Fant and Drew Locke in a trade with Denver. Mm. So are, are you excited for anyone here? They also re-signed Cheeto Smith. Um, I will and tell Will you, Disley. I will tell you that, yes, Will Disley. So important to lock up Will Disley at that uh, high-end tight end. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Can't can't go without him. Um, I am of the opinion that it is probably a 60-40 chance that Drew Locke is a starter, which is not how people are seeing it right now. I think it, I, it, I think and that's just that's just him and Gino, never Personally. mind a rookie or anything. Yeah. I'm saying that Geno Smith could be the starter over Drew Locke. That's I, that's fair. I think he could be. I, I don't think he will be, but I think he could be. Absolutely. And I don't even know if it matters to me that much. Like I, said, I, th- I, I said I think it's 60-40 that it's Drew Locke yeah, over yeah, yeah. Geno. But I think people are acting like it's either Drew Locke or a rookie. Period. Oh, no, I don't think so. I'm like, I don't know, man. They just signed Geno. I don't think that anybody in the league loves Drew Locke. No. Like, Nobody. Definitely you know? not. Or he <laughs> probably would have been traded for right? before. So, I mean, I don't, you know, um, you know, Pete Carroll will say that. And when he says that, you can't believe anything. But I'm saying, like, I don't think that, yeah, I think that's the case. I think Drew Locke is very, 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 very fragile. Uh, and if you can trade him to the the dynasty manager who thinks that he's going to start this year, be like, hey, man, you at least get one year out of him. Like, yeah, make that trade right now, right yeah. today. Because the moment they draft uh, Malik Willis, if they do, or even Matt Corral or Sam Howell in round two, yep, it's over. Yep, it's over. the The value proposition is over. So whatever you can get for Drew Locke today is likely the most you can get for him, unless maybe, possibly, he's starting week one and has a nice game or something. Then you can flip him. But man, that's going to be a, that's who the fuck knows. That's not necessarily a locked in stone. I mean, it could be that they go through camp and a guy like Matt Corral just beats him out or whomever. Right. Uh, and just, yeah. he never fucking starts again. So I think right now is a great time to try and include Drew Locke in an outgoing trade folks. I don't disagree. Yeah. Um, and from the point of view of real quick, I just want to touch on the running backs. Please. I think Chris Carson might be done. Um, his injury is bad and I just, I think his career might be over. So take, I mean, obviously it might not be, but I'm not ever expecting him to play another down of meaningful fantasy football. Um, Rashad Penny might be good for as long as he's healthy. Great. Um, but I think the more important thing here is probably the pass catchers. Um, all of which I'm probably out on as long as they're in Seattle, like arrow down. like, like they, they were inconsistent last year with, and the year before that with Russell Wilson as their quarterback. Yeah. Now they don't have Russell Wilson as their quarterback. And they still and have the same shitty coaching that is. Yep. Led them and that's to low exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So now Pete Carroll finally has an excuse to run the ball and it's that Russell Wilson is not his quarterback. So he yeah. probably will run it more. So I'm not interested in anyone. I also kind of think that Noah Fant is done. I, 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 maybe it's too early to say that, but we just haven't seen it. I, yeah. I don't think we've, Outside of a play here or a play there, yeah, maybe a game. I, we just we haven't seen it, and it I, I don't have a reason to. There. 
It yeah. is. You're right because I'm watching games sometimes. Like you know, you're wa- last year watching Denver, uh, or the year before, or the year before that. You know, you'd watch and you'd be like, "Oh fuck!" They'd throw it to Noah Fain. Like, dude, that dude's fucking awesome. You know, you break a yep. tackle. You know beat someone to the corner and pick up 18 yards. You're like, fuck dude, throw that guy the ball again. And it's the last target he sees all game. You're like, dude, what is going on? Like did, does Noah fan have naked pictures? I mean, what is going on? And so I wonder sometimes what it is with him because I feel like he should be targeted way more. Of course I felt yeah. that way about John Smith a little bit too. So you never know with these, with these players, like maybe John is just like a, a knucklehead. Maybe Noah fan, I don't know who knows what the you know mental lapses or I don't fucking understand it. Cause when he touches the ball, it looks awesome out there. So I'm yeah. with you. I don't know what it is, um, but we'll find out if, but, but again, this, this offense is not a, you know, tight ends. You want touchdown upside. I don't think there's yeah. very much in this offense, no matter who the fuck the quarterback is, any of the rookies coming in, drew Locke, Geno Smith, Jacob Eason. <laughs> Sorry. Mm, um, yeah. You know, no matter who it is, uh, you, you got to be out. Rashad Penny, a little bit of upside here because I'm with yeah, you. I think he's the only one. Yeah. Chris Carson is very likely done with an awful, unfortunate, uh, sad injury. And Penny got good money. I mean, yeah. they paid him good money. Yeah. Um, way more than I thought that he would get. Uh, I mean, it was a low bar to be fair, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Rashad Penny is probably the only player of value on that offense right, right now that I'm overly interested in. Um, from a redraft perspective, for sure, but even like Dynasty, I mean, for this season. So. Yeah, yeah, Rashad Penny basically making five and a half million for two years. And uh, it's real, excuse me, one year, pardon me, uh, five yeah. and a half million. It's basically guaranteed. So, um, you know, he's, I think he's the I mean, guy. They'll probably man. take a running back in the first round, but. Oh, even shit. Still. What a fucking bunch of idiots. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, that pretty much does it for uh, the NFC. We are yeah, now. Yeah, pretty much does it. We, uh, we made it. We made it through all 32 teams. Wow, that felt um, like a lot, a lot. I don't know if it felt like more than 32 teams, especially like at least like 33, probably. Yeah. yeah. So any sort of cool landing spots in. By the way, I did, did you feel like. There's just way more shitbag teams in the uh, in the uh, NFC. Oh, absolutely. The right? NFC is like, a fucking mess. It's a mess. It's, like there's, there, I mean, there's like three so, good quarterbacks. That's it. Yeah, it is really, really. Even the depth of the rosters. You start to look at some of these rosters. Yeah. Like Atlanta's a problem. Chicago's a problem. Seattle's a problem. Like there's a few, you know, rosters where you're just like looking. Like good lord, Chicago, yep. bad man. Yeah, just really bad. Um, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, and then the quarterbacks not as good. The the weapons, yeah. I, the the AFC is so much deeper, so much better. But um, so that that does create a few more spots to land. I think for skill yeah. positions in the NFC, including the quarterback. Any any spots that you really like and you'd love to see? Um, I mean, to be honest, I mean, no, right? Carolina, I guess, but like. Yeah. There's the the problem is is there's no team that I, I I think are like a quarterback away quote unquote like I think Detroit would be interesting, mm. um but like I kind of hope that they take a slower rebuild process and get a stud next year exactly um yeah. and I think they can afford to do that uh yeah. but yet like I don't I don't know there's not like quarterback wise there's not a ton going on wide receiver wise I think there's a couple spots uh where people can what be about interesting. Green, what about Green Bay what 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 wide receiver would you love to see land in Green Bay 
Um, uh, Traylon Burks would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, a bit a big slot guy yeah. that'd be really interesting. But also like a Jamison Williams would be cool. Um, I mean, that'd be unlike anything Aaron Rodgers has really had in a while. Um, yeah. obviously, obviously Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, Jameson Williams is just, you know, like a, you know, he's just so fast. Well, he's like MVS. Um, is he better yes. than MVS? You know what I mean? Like, y- yes, obviously exactly. he's a better prospect than MVS was, but who the fuck knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Nikhil Harry was a better prospect than MVS and he's also yeah. not better than MVS. So I understand yeah. people listening. Go, of course he is. It's like, not of course, bro. Slow your No, road. I, yeah, obviously taking all of that with a grain of salt yeah. and knowing that the NFL is unpredictable, but the way we're looking at it right now. Yes, um, I understand that uh, Jamison yeah. Williams is a better Maybe prospect. Maybe Alave even. Yeah, Alave is Olave the one that be I, interesting. You know, Alave is just such a he's catch ball fall down like, you know, he's yeah. really fast, but he's I, I heard Rich Rebar I think was saying he broke 11 tackles in his career. It's like yeah. he broke 3 tackles last right. year. It's like what the Sounds fuck? Sounds about right. Yeah, not good. So, you yeah, know, that's hurts, so. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's interesting. You know, there's definitely um, you know, I'm kind of a fan of, you know, everybody knows I love Sky Moore. I'd love to see Sky Moore in Green Bay. Sky Moore in Green Bay or or Kansas City. I said it for Kansas City. I love it for Green Bay. But I like Traylon Burks there as well. I'm with you. Uh, they have a pick where they could they could use Traylon Burks. So I like that one. Um, you know, running back, there's not a real ton of spots. I do like the Kenneth Walker to Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean. It's one of the ones I like. I love Miles Sanders, but I, I think Philadelphia does kind of lean itself into being, you know, with him being in the last year of his rookie deal, I think Philadelphia becomes an interesting spot on like a lot of places uh, for young running backs. Honestly, maybe even the Cowboys, um, you know, if they can get out of that Z contract next year and they spend a decent pick on a running back, like I, I'm not the believer that Tony Pollard is just going to take over being a, their workhorse there. So but he's a free agent um, too. So they're going to have to pay. Exactly. Him. Yeah. It, it could be interesting. Maybe they actually think ahead for once and, you know, second, third round pick on a running back. I, it, it'd be interesting uh, yeah. to see what happens there. Well, lots but. of fun stuff. Hey, I was thinking about the, you know, one thing, you know, I keep going back and forth and I've done it on Twitter, done it on this show. The Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Traylon Burks, who you got, put those three in order for me right now, if, if you have it. Garrett Wilson's one. <sighs> I'm torn with Drake London and uh Right. Let me ask you this. Are Burks. they your two and three? I'm not I'm not even sure, to be honest. I'm not I, I'm not fully convinced that they are. And who um, would be your four if it was somebody else? Uh I mean Jamison Williams is so interesting. I was out on Jalen Waddle and I was wrong. And that makes me not want to be out on Jamison Williams. Um, I think Chris Olave is good. Uh, Blake loves him and I trust Blake. Um, I know Chalk is really into him too. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's a really, really big tier of wide receivers and that makes it really hard. So yeah, I, and, I think and, the, I, and I think they're all tier two wide receivers. Exactly, I don't think yeah. there's a Jamar Chase. No, no, no. So yeah, you're right. And so what's interesting is I was thinking about this is that I've been going back and forth, back and forth. Now before the draft, after the draft, this can sometimes clear itself up because if one of them gets this like fucking yeah. awesome spot with great draft capital, and the other one like slips to the second round to a shitty spot, it's like oh well, that fucking cleared itself out. But presuming they all get the same draft capital and the same landing spot, which of course won't happen. So just right now, 
if I had the pick where all three of those guys are on the on the board, I would gladly trade back three spots yeah, and fair. let someone else decide and just take whichever one. That's where I'm yeah. at. That, Some of them are going to produce, but I'm not convinced I know which ones. I'm not sure I know which one either. So for me, it's like the Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson's the safest one. I've been saying that the whole way. So in some ways in this draft, if you're picking at pick three, like let's say it's a non-super flex and it goes, you know, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, and then you're on uh, 1.03, I, th- I guess Garrett Wilson's the safest pick. But if yeah. I could trade to 105 and pick up hardly anything, whatever, a future third or whatever, I think it's just as well. I don't give a shit. Let someone else decide. Let me just take whichever one you got. Let you guys make the right or wrong choice, and I'll just take the, the one you don't take um, and and the slight profit for you choosing. So anyway, that's where I'm at with that. I just thought I'd share that because I've been going back and forth. I had Drake London at one. I had Traylon at, at, at one the whole way. And I've never really put Garrett Wilson there, even though I feel like Garrett Wilson is the surest thing. So I don't yeah. disagree with your your take that Garrett Wilson should be number one. So that's it's tough, man. It's a tough, tough tier to break down. Yeah, it is. No, I I think that's a podcast, buddy. I think it is. All right, buddy. <laughs> on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on I'm behalf, leaving that in, huh? I'm leaving that in. That woo. You should. On I could behalf, hear clear as day. I'm leaving it in. On behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of my esteemed guest and the greatest producer the world has ever known, Michael P. Duncan, I am Jax Falcone, and we are...